miniature soldiers, big opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Conclave Podcast. I am Rich or Reza or BDR, whatever you want to call me. I don't mind. Um, Today we're here to talk about the... Well, we're going to say GC the cult, we'll see where it goes. Um, I was going to say hello to other guys, so Josh, say hello. Hello. Sandman. Hello, Reza. And last but no needs least, Adam. <laughs> oh, did you come do, in? It does, does, does help me say my name, but I was going to go, hello there. Oh. Yeah, thank you for that, it was really smooth. So yeah, as I said today, we're going to talk about... <laughs> talk about smooth as uh, your shaved head, Rich. Yes. Today we're going to talk about uh, some gene sealer cults. So, well, not some gene sealer cults, just gene sealer cults, a faction. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, I was going to throw the question out there to, uh, to go with Adam. Uh, who are the gene sealer cults? Who are the gene stealer cults? Would you like to know more? Um, so yes, uh, the gene stealer cults are a very cool faction, and I, I've used that word a lot in relation to them. In the last episode, um, I don't collect them. Um, the expert on them is definitely Ed from a gaming point of view, uh, but I do know a little bit about the law. So in a nutshell, the gene stealer cults are a sort of a, an underground society um, which worships the tyranids. Um, or, or, or sort of a form thereof as their sort of gods, their, their star gods. And they are unsurprisingly con- sort of brought about, brought into existence and ultimately controlled by the gene stealers. So everybody's favourite multi-limbed slashy nasties from the Tyranid army. Um, and they sort of exist across the Imperium and also I think across Xenos worlds as well. It's kind of implied. Um, and they are a sort of growing threat uh, constantly to the Imperium, um, existing for, for, for years, well, decades, hundreds of years potentially, um, beneath the sort of strata of Imperial society. Um, and they have a kind of um, kind of a cool uh, sort of rebel, I don't know, I want to say kind of pseudo, you know, rise up for the workers, communist type feel to them as well. Um, I think like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, but with more kind of, you know, horrible gribblies in charge. Um, so so they, they sort of um, build a following among the most sort of downtrodden in Imperial society, which is, you know, Imperial society is basically everyone, <laughs> bar, the, bar the guys in charge. Uh, and they they sort of, you know, want to, their, their mantra is they want to free the people of the Imperium from the evil worship of the, the false emperor, but not in a chaosy way, um, in more of a kind of, you know, freedom, except of course that freedom isn't real. It's the freedom to be turned into a delicious flavoured paste by the Tyranid Hive Fleet and ultimately consumed like a sort of meat-based milkshake. Um, But they don't know that or they don't believe it or they refuse to believe it if they do know it and do believe it. Um, And um, they, they, uh, you know, build themselves up over, as I say, over years and years and decades, gathering uh, weapons and equipment and and all sorts of things from their uh, Imperial overlords. And they they breed and reproduce, um, and there are different sort of stages of that evolution where some of them will look more like gene stealers, will have kind of more tyranny traits, so they'll have multiple limbs, they'll have kind of bulbous heads and bits of chitin, um, or and then there are those that look a lot more human that can effectively pass uh, for human among the slightly genetically debased populations of the Imperium who may or may not look indeed much like you and I today themselves. Uh, 
due to mutation, radiation, whatever you want to, you know, mal malnourishment, general horrific conditions of living in the 41st millennium. And as they're able to pass among them, they're able to infiltrate the Imper the Astra Militarum, the Imperial Guard, the command structures of the Imperium, and use those in order to um, make their uprising and their day of ascension even more secure. Of course, as I alluded to earlier, the ultimate fate of these ascensions is generally to get mushed uh, and and um, sort of consumed by the Tyranid Hive Fleet, unfortunately, um, because as the Gene Stealer cult population grows, it creates a psychic beacon on the planet, um, which ultimately calls out to their masters, their star gods in the void, who, as I say, are the ravening uh, hordes of the Hive Mind, who subsequently head over to the world um, and take advantage of the fact that the Gene Stealer cults have, at best, caused chaos and at worst, uh, for the Imperium anyway, have just overthrown uh, the Imperium entirely on a, on a given world, um, and it makes the Tyranids' job of making some soup a lot easier. Um, so yeah, that's that's a broad summary of who they are. I mean, there are a lot more, there are a lot more kind of layers to it. Like, I'm doing this kind of Shrek thing here. It's like, gene steel cults are like onions. They've got layers. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but there, there are a lot more, there are a lot more sort of levels to it than that. There are lots of specialised characters. Some of them, as I say, much more tyranid -y. The Patriarch, who I'm sure we'll talk about, is just a gene stealer, effectively a big gene stealer. Um, and then you've got specialised guys like the Biophagus, um, the Kellermorph, which I'm sure we're going to hear more about later on, um, among the among their units um, that you see on the tabletop and reflected in the lore, that all do different things to enable their day of ascension and their glorious uprising against the false, uh, those, those false cult worshippers of the Imperium uh, in the name of the Four-Armed Emperor. Uh, so at that point, I will hand back to Rich. Yeah, that's a very good answer. I was expecting it to be so concise. Well done. I'm very impressed. Now, Josh, something you alluded to before we clicked the record button is that you have a theory to do with the, the GSEs. Would you like to expand on that for me, please? What, what was my theory? You, you said you had an idea of what the Gene Stealer cults were. So I was wondering if you had any kind of crazy theory or <laughs> something funny not, to add. <laughs> it's not so much that they're... I thought, I, I thought I'd said something insightful. <laughs> my mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was going to be a throwaway comment about how they're just a bunch of dicks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's that's all. I... Josh is an imperial player. He's not going to love any organisation which is going to rise up and overthrow the Imperium. Josh is not going to be a fan of. I hope everybody is enjoying no. this. This is actually the War Hipsters' last uh, Conclave podcast. <laughs> 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 don't worry, don't worry. I won't, Josh. Josh, I won't let the cult get rid of you, mate. We'll, you're you're, we'll you're too it. vital. <laughs> they confuse me, the Gene Stealer cults. Um, Perfect. <laughs> just, just, just because they. I know that the Imperium is um, is is an impossibly large place. Something that even though it continues to shrink and they lose worlds almost on a daily basis, sometimes hourly during the uh, during the the events of the Cicatrix Maledictum, and uh, because of Imperial Imperium Nihilus and all that kind of stuff. But even though, like, it is boundless. Sometimes I wonder why the fuck the Death Watch sit in watch fortresses at any time when they know that there is pretty much a 95% certainty <laughs> that there is a gene stealer cult somewhere <laughs> on a planet in their system. If anything, they're in all they're they're pretty much in every single they're almost in every single. There is even one they found on Terra for goodness sake. So mm. like 
why is it not just a case of um it might sound cruel and harsh but why not just you know once every generation just go and kill everybody in the lower levels <laughs> of the hive um, a bit hard just to clarify, once every generation is everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm okay disclaimer with it. Disclaimer, the Conclave podcast does not endorse class-based eugenics. Any views held by Josh, are views held by Josh only. But anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd get that in there. This is my thing with the Gene Steeler cults, is that, like, it always goes on about how they are literally everywhere, and it's like no one is doing anything about it. Um, and then you read in, like, the Death Watch, it's like... Uh, like a kill team can like basically handle it on their own. So well, just literally go and station one in every single system and just literally just like every 10 years, just go around every single one, just burn out the entire lower level of the hive. Jobs are good and <laughs> faction's gone. Stealth, right, move on. Hello, are you in a gene stealer cult? What? I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. They're just, oh, well, too bad. We're just going to set you on fire anyway. To be fair, that is very Imperium. It is very Imperium. <laughs> what, what, I, I think they're, uh, they're great. On obviously, and I, I like that it's a, um, <laughs> like it, 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 it's a. It, they always they often talk about Xenos cults. For a long time, it was that there would be you know the, one of the biggest problems is the threat from within, and it's the it's the Xenos and chaotic cults, uh, and that realistically it's that that just basically means it's the Gene Stealer cults because I can't think of any others that kind of deserve cult worship. We um, really or, like or, the Eldar. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's not even like the. That's not even like an Eldari style, is it? Because it would be like to have one operative who basically just kind of tells them they're doing some serious anti-Eldar shit here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, um, I, I, I get, uh, yeah, Gene Stilicots. They're, they're, ne they're never something that I've kind of really liked <laughs> as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a diehard imperial fan but that is because i cuz all things tyrannies just, just kill him here, Josh. To despise yeah, you just, kill him. You just yeah. crush him right <laughs> we have a chainsaw for a reason it's a size you know to what? chop you know up tyrannids it's good it's good to have a bit of skepticism and you you haven't done what i like what i like josh is you've given a reasoned answer there what you haven't done and we need to get a bit of uh, we need to get a bit of abuse of him in cuz he's not here with us today uh, very sadly he is being he's being driven to work uh, even though it's a even though it's a weekend day as we're recording um but yeah you've not done what quipster does which is he just goes he his answer to that would be something on the lines of this he would go well there's this book where my faction in square brackets um is fighting the gene stealer cults and uh, the gene stealer cults just just win and it's bullshit it's it's <laughs> so badly written it's so badly written i actually um, i actually suspect his answer would be um i actually quite like loyalist gene stealers because um, <laughs> their, 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 their story their story is so tragic and therefore i sympathize with them and their cause do you know what I will say, and just just to carry on and, and sort of round out my section on who are the Gene Stealer cults, um, a bit of fact about who they are in the game, in the history of 40k, rather than in the lore itself. Uh, well, I guess still partly in the lore. Um, on your point about loyalist Gene Stealers, very interestingly, in Rogue Trader, so in the first edition that there was of Warhammer 40k, the Gene Stealer itself, obviously at this point the Tyranids didn't really exist, so the Gene Stealer was just this this alien which popped up coming from the moon of Imgal. Imgal? Uh, if any Tyranid players know, there's a warlord trait called the Imgal Factor, that's kind of callback to that. 
that. Um, and basically, they were pretty dangerous in close quarters. They had all like you know the choppy limbs and everything like that. Um, but if they were, they 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 lived a life a lot like um, Alien, the Xenomorph from Alien, um, which is you know you can clearly see where they got the inspiration right for the Gene Sealer and for the Tyranids from the guys at Forty, the guys who made Warhammer. Um, and um, those that had human ancestry that sort of I guess burst out of the chest of a human um, were described as being like intelligent and could actually be friendly. So you could have a loyalist gene stealer <laughs> in, uh, in in Rogue Trader, potentially. Um, that would be the reason why Quipster sympathises with the faction but will never, ever paint them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they're, they're, they're sort of, I mean, to go to go their evolution after that, basically they, as, as the game progressed and you ended up with Space Hulk, the board game, which people may have seen, obviously featuring like Deathwing Terminators knocking around um, and taking on Gene Steelers. There was a video game, or there is a video game of it, which is quite popular. Um, they they were made much more kind of alike what we have now. This kind of virulent threat that was part of the the overall Tyranid um, menace that was uh, sort of starting to affect the galaxy. Um, and they had the hive mind came into it, or a hive mind that allowed them to communicate. And um, they could use stealth to go after the, the Imperial player. So they used the, the little blips on the board, which again, is something that we still have today in, in 8th and 9th edition now. Um, so so that's, that's kind of where they begin to evolve. And then it's only in the later editions that they become part of the Tyranid hive fleet. And that's where you then get the, um, the cults, the idea of the cults emerges in the lore. Or as you say, they had Xenos cults before, but it becomes much more defined because in, I think it was like, I guess third or fourth edition this would have been that's where you end up with the idea of the gene stealers kiss so you know they sort of basically inject a little bit of genetic material into you um take that how you will ladies and gentlemen um using a using a sort of ovipositor and um that then sort of makes you into you know makes you pliant and effectively turns you into a hybrid um with the gene stealer um, and that's where the cults emerge i think the thing that i find so abhorrent about them is that it is such an insidious thing like of the of the the hive mind for a long time the the imperium has been under the impression that it is simply just a uh, an ever starving beast with not without without the uh without the kind of it doesn't have any malice it's just it's it's an animal is that's what they thought for a long time and you see in devastation above for example that that simply is not true that there is a there is a there is a malign intelligence behind it. It is it is insidious, and I think that the gene stealer cults, as a faction, are fucking terrifying. Oh that, yeah. It, that it's it's not just it's not just subterfuge. It's not sabotage. It's it's conversion and, and genetic manipulation. It's it, it it it's like it it would it'd be like if the if the strategy for the Iraq war was to drop some rednecks into Iraq and turn everybody in Iraq into God. rednecks before attacking. <laughs> that 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 is the kind of that is the kind of thing that it's it's kinda like. I thought I was gonna cover the fluff behind my army. I didn't think <laughs> <laughs> But you see what I mean? It's it's like the 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 it, it's kind of like a, like you know when you have like a, a, a heist movie and they pl- they plant somebody in yeah. in the in the bank to learn about the bank. No, no. Yeah. 
the idea of this is that you're going to rob a bank in 200 years time so you're going to purposely crossbreed and and select the best kind of people to eventually create a bank teller that you can then manipulate using a code word that's long been put into their dna line from 200 years ago to have them one day decide to pick up a gun and kill everyone in the bank to make your robbery easier in 200 years time how horrifying is that as a concept well, it's very, it's very like David Cronenberg, I think. Like the very doesn't know David Cronenberg, the director, a very famous sort of the body horror. You know, people talk about Cronenberg movies because one of the things in the law is that like the the gene stealer sort of hybrids, the people who get infected with the gene stealer's kiss, they don't know what they're doing, and they you know reproduce in the normal <laughs> manner of humans, and they give birth to these like horrific mutant children. So what do you mean the normal manner of humans? What does that mean? Well, you know, Ed, I've got a book. I'll take you through it. But (laughs) mummy and a daddy love each other very much. No, Um, so the the. the they they have these like horrific sort of you know multi-limbed mutant alien children you know again very sort of cronenberg sort of horror type thing and because they are so they have this genetic conditioning they just see it as a beautiful bouncing baby and they love it unconditionally and will protect it at all costs with their lives even though it is this horrific thing so to your point like it's a real horror movie thing you know like i don't know rosemary's baby where she gives birth to the demon kid you know she comes you come round josh as the imperial sit the imperial guard or the local um militia and you're like that's not normal we're gonna have to kill that and they just they just turn on you and they will murder you before they let you get rid of their like you know cat-eating child which is like munching on animals around the corner and stuff it's 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 properly grimdark the gene stealer cults when you think about it and, and they're so reminiscent of skaven from Fort fantasy and age of sigma yeah. for me i know it's not the same thing but like i hate skaven i honestly they're just <laughs> The, they 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 just gross me out as as a thing. Like I'm I not, so. I, I I don't. <laughs> but like I don't. I'm not like squeamish about rats and things. But Skaven, just any time that they're in something, I'm just like, oh, it makes their skin crawl. It's the Burn same it. for Gene Steeler cults, which probably makes them very effective at what they're intended to do. Which is probably why they're a really cool faction. But unfortunately, uh, they're just not for me. As a as a last thing on on that point, two, two things, Josh, which will probably just make you hate them even more, um, is that so according to the law, the uh, the cult of the Twisted Helix, um, one of the things that they learned to do was basically take the genetic uh, re-encoding that happens from the gene stealer's kiss, which normally obviously requires you to go up and well get kissed by a gene stealer and just what put it into like? like the food and the water well it is it's like an ovipositor he literally shoves a like thing like a tongue down your throat basically and drops like a like injects you with a, an egg of some sort but i guess it dissolves and goes to change your dna but yeah they've learned how Sounds to put like it a saturday the night in the water so yeah yeah so they um they don't need uh they don't even need a gene stealer now they can just do it like they don't need a gene stealer to be there they can just infect a whole planet by infecting the food supply and there's also a bit of text here which i've got which i found just on on the description of them which i love because it's proper grim i say love it's it's gross but i'll read it to you anyway so it says um as the family grows, they will continue to isolate themselves, eventually forming a gene stealer cult. What follows is an ongoing process of hybrids breeding with captured and infected humans, with their human parents kept around as both breeding stock and for nursing and child rearing. Oh, oh, how horrific is that? Like, but people who say like 40k is not grimdark need to read a bit of gene stealer cult lore because it is dark, like real dark. Yeah, it doesn't sound very pleasant. Well, this might be a good point to go on to their biggest fan. 
We've heard about why <laughs> why they're, they're weird, they're messed up, why Josh isn't their biggest fan, and then we've got Ed, who loves them. So, Ed, are you really weird, or is there something wrong with you? <laughs> I think this is a fantastic example of the bullshit imperial propaganda. The <laughs> fake news, my fake news co-podcasters right now, ladies and gentlemen, are trying to feed you lies and you know disgusting truths. Uh, disgusting falsehoods, that's the one, sorry, <laughs> that uh, are so far from the truth. It's an incredibly loving uh, society. There's so much support. You know, like the average life expectancy of someone in the Imperium is like 30 years. In the cult, you know, you get like an extra two years on that. It's 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 an incredibly lovely. But yeah, I think for me, actually, like kind of Josh said, they are very, very insidious. And that was one of the things that attracted me to them. So I collect two other armies um, who I take quite seriously, I think, compared to how I take the Jesus of the Cult. So Tau were my first army, and so I kind of, you know, got to know everything about them. And I take them probably a bit more seriously than I think a lot of Tau players do, because they're often seen as a bit more lighthearted kind of faction. Um, and the, the Dark Angels, I, I, I've obviously constantly engaged. You don't collect Dark Angels, you've never brought that up <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I mean, I am constantly engaged in the meme wars um, with these guys about whether or not they are they are fallen to chaos. So I, I'm forced into taking myself way too seriously when talking about them <clears> too. <throat> with Gene Stilicots, it's a proper, just like, it's absolute madness. And uh, so it was something that would be... Yeah, really, really, uh, you know, novel to me. I, I actually had never played Genius to the Cults before I started collecting them. And but I always thought they looked really cool. Um, they were one of the newest factions to 40k, which is kind of good because it means their life expectancy of models will be quite good. And they uh, obviously, they're obviously really, really great uh, and detailed. And I kind of just came up with an idea for how I would do them. And that was kind of what propelled my spending habits to change into uh, the cult of the Forearmed Emperor. So uh, my, my genes to the cult are based on Agri-World, which, uh, as the name suggests, is uh, on a, a world that is where, where it's dedicated to farming. And the traditional genes to the cult models, as everybody knows, are kind of focused around mining. They've got mining lasers, they've got mining gear, rock, rock grinders. Uh, but obviously you can have a genes to the cult world, uh, just a genes to the cult, in, in any society. You, you can actually have them in any alien society. There is re- records of genes to the cults on Tau worlds. Um, there is even a, a record of a genes to the cult on a craft world even. And there's actually an avatar of Cain that I, th- I believe even falls. Um, they are everywhere, like like Josh said. In fact, like if you read the Caiaphas Cain books, there's a bit of a, a common joke there because it's like at the end of the day, oh, it was Gene Steeler cults all along. It is, is what happens quite regularly. Well, this might be a good point to probably go in a little bit into more of what your your Gene Steeler uh, Gene Steeler cult army fluff is and and the adventures of our favourite one, Spud. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I tell you what, I'll take you through how my generations work so this is something yeah that adam kind of touched upon in his uh, actually very elegant description i've got to say man of how the genes look work but uh yeah so i kind of t- treat each generation differently on the on the farm they all have different purposes so i actually have two patriarchs um partly because that i found this incredibly awesome old metal sculpt that is from the old rogue trader day rogue trader day rogue rogue trader days as as adam was saying and partly because i'm a filthy power gamer um and so i have uh, one called lord avery who was kind of the my original patriarch and then i actually uh, found this old one who is he's absolutely hideous so i've called him spud and the fluff being that spud was actually the original uh gene stealer that uh, landed on this landed on this agri world and started the cult however he didn't really develop the cult very far it wasn't he wasn't very successful it was very very minimal following 
and then Lord Avery landed. And there should only be one patriarch. That's why in the Gisela Cult book, you're actually only allowed to take one patriarch per detachment. Like we're actually seeing that those kind of rules rolled out across lots of um, armies at the moment. But they shouldn't evolve because if there's already a patriarch, it shouldn't be necessary. But my idea is that Spud just did such a poor job that Lord Avery has had to step up and he's, he's had to swell in size himself and start uh, you know, developing his own followers. And the first generation of Gene Stiller cults are what we call the Acolyte Hybrids. They, uh, as Adam says, are very reminiscent of Gene Stealers. They've generally speaking got three arms. Some of them have four. They look like an absolute crossover of Gene Stealer and a human. That, that, that There's nothing, uh, even uh, even your, your dumbest commissar wouldn't, wouldn't miss that there's something amiss when looking at these guys. And they, they are kind of the backbone of a lot of Gene Stealer cult lists at the moment. And to me, they are kind of the, the main farmhands on, on the farm. And they do that. So on all of my Gene Stealer cults, uh, my bases are all... Uh, they look like ploughed fields. This is just using Sterling mud, and I've just raked through all of, all of the bases to make it look like it's up and down, up and down, and I've put shrubs all the way along to make it look like a ploughed field, and it looks really, really cool, I think. So uh, I've got that. Um, the second generation of, of Gene Stealer cults are actually, uh, again, they're actually also acolyte hybrids technically, but they uh, are a bit more human so the the idea with the generations is it's actually a cycle so we start with the patriarch and each generation gets a bit more human until the final generation where we actually circle back round and we the, the final generation is a is a pure strain gene stealer and the idea being that of hybrids dilutes the gene stealer uh, dna but then secretly the beast is like deep within them and eventually they'll emerge so we have the acolytes who are look very gene stealer then acolytes look slightly less gene stealer then we have um the neophyte hybrids the neophyte hybrids to me are uh you know they're, they're the people that are you're going to see if you look to the farm right because you're you're not going to want the acolyte hybrids on the surface you're going to want the neophyte hybrids they look basically human they've actually got hard carapaces on their arms they've got very bulbous heads if you got close you can tell something's wrong but from a distance they look reasonably human um and then the, then the fourth just generation is actually uh, just a little bit more human even further and then you can start these this generation looks pretty much human they're basically they're brew brothers at this point they're they they can fit into society they can start infiltrating the astro militarum um, as they do they can pass and this is where they this is what they've been doing for decades now and the final generation um, despite the fact we, we've got all the way down to like a almost human looking person now the final generation is is a pure strange gene stealer so we've gone straight back round to and that's why we call it the cycle of the gene stealer cults because it starts it dilutes and then it just flips around right at the end which is pretty cool so I, I have a bunch of touches to my army to make them look a bit more farming. So my aberrants, who I'm sure we'll cover in a bit, they all have scythes because uh, you know, obviously they're on the farm. So, you, you know, it also you can proxy that for either kind of weapon, um, which works really well. All of my neophyte hybrids, they have farmer's caps and they all look like Winter's SEO. Um, it wasn't a homage to him, <laughs> uh, despite what Crypster may tell you. Uh, and yeah, I have a lot of hay bales in my army. So Spud is, well, this is the problem you get if you ever, people that have old models, if you, you can, you, they are perfectly legal. But one of the problems you technically get is if they're a bit smaller than a lot of the newer models, and a lot of old models are smaller, then you have to kind of raise the height. So I've done that, but I've got a Spud standing on a big pile of hay bales, or my Achilles Ridge Runners, which are kind of like your dirt, dirt cars that drive around. They're all marked with uh, hay bales. So it's a good way to tell the squads apart. I've kind of used the farming thing to kind of actually help help me, you know, make the army. My Calamorph has got a, far, uh, a cowboy hat. Admittedly, that's kind of an obligation as a Gene Stealer cult player. You kind of have to do that, I think. Yeah, that's uh, 
it's really cool it's a it's a really good looking army and it's different right because i think as i said earlier the the theme you often get in dream steel occult armies because it's the theme of the whole um all the models really is like miners and industrial workers and and that sort of thing because as i say they have this kind of you know pseudo communist style you know workers revolution type thing but it's all secretly driven by the gene stealer cult um and, and to that end i've seen there are some amazing um i forgive me i can't remember his name there's a guy on instagram who did an army last year that was like it had like you know the full-on red flags and it had like the you know like the sort of soviet artwork but with the patriarch yeah, in place really of the, cool. you know the sort of the leader gesturing everyone forward so but but seeing yours as like basically agricultural workers is 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 just it's different and it's cool and it's it's interesting so i think it makes them stand out on the tabletop yeah this might be a good opportunity because you kind of mentioned had a lot of different models and units with your description so to ask you what is your favorite uh unit or model my favorite unit in the gene slick hulk codex is actually the goliath rock grinder i adore the goliath rock grinder to to such a high degree and just to clarify what the Goliath Rock Grinder is, it is it is as the name suggests a a vehicle that is grind that is grinding rocks. And as soon as the custodies or the Space Marines or this ancient Necron Dynasty rocks up on their planet, some crazy dude <laughs> gets in it and goes, "Well, fuck these guys," and drives towards it, just just hoping to chew them up. On the way in, it's got a mining laser attached, and it just fires off <laughs> mining lasers at them to try and take them out. There is a crazy guy in the back of the Goliath Rock Grinder who, if it gets close enough, will lob that lob a bag of dynamite at a custody and just hope for the best and see how that goes they will obviously then hit the custodies okay try and crunch them up okay and then quite pro quite promptly have the absolute crap being out of them um at, w at which point uh, the guy who's inside goes oh shit this went this this has gone a bit too far and presses a self-destruct button and blows it up it's absolute madness to, to the key uh what, what we were talking about later uh what we were talking about earlier sorry and i absolutely yeah just adore that unit it's so incredibly fun uh, play style wise it's also really really fun so obviously you can kind of uh get first turn charges a lot with um with them especially if you go second as gene stealer cult there's uh they're really really fun they're amazing for move blocking they don't have a massive amount of output because they are vehicles so they only hit on fours um which is better than most vehicles but still not that reliable and but what they are really good at is like a kind of a threat and you can yes yeah, so you can use them to really kind of direct the way your opponent plays so i absolutely adore them on the tabletop and i adore them in the lore and it's just a everything that unit does in the game is just so hilarious to me like if they shoot anything i'm like that's just it's just so so brilliant like you've just been a you've just i've just obliterated a plague marine with this random piece of mining equipment i'm going to try and chew up a chapter master with these dozer blades like this is just fucking <laughs> brilliant um so yeah that is that is it's, it's honestly one of my favorite units in 40k just because everything it does makes me laugh whenever i play with them <laughs> thank you josh you mentioned but well before we came on to, to record today that you had painted a uh, a gene silicon army so what is your favorite model <laughs> or your experience what was, that? What was your favorite model i guess um so i did uh for a for a for a client in um uh, in in europe I did a, a, a large Gene Steeler Colts army. He wanted, um, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head now, it was 45 Acolyte hybrids, 30 Neophyte hybrids, uh, 
a Acolyte Icon Ward, uh, a Broodlord, 46 Gene Stealers, 2 Malanthropes, 12 Ripper Swarms, and there was something else that I'm kind of struggling to remember. Um, so I've painted a lot of Gene Stealer cults. However, my favourite Gene Stealer cults model is one that I did not get to paint. And it's because I think it was, uh, I think it, I, th I think that it was Games Workshop. It was some brave Games Workshop's employees' <laughs> attempt to inform the rest of the world that uh, the cult hath come, and uh, it's it's over for us. And that is, of course, the Nexus. And the Nexus is, uh, I'm looking at him now. It's it's tough to kind of describe him, but he's basically our gene stealer cultist standing over a map of uh, Lenton, which is where Warhammer World is based. Mm. Um, so the, the buildings that you can see on his hololith display, that is Warhammer World that you can see there. And I think this was Games Workshop's way of saying the cult has already infiltrated Games Workshop. Um, that's it. It's it's over. We didn't we, we didn't do enough to keep uh, to keep them away. Um, meaning that unfortunately the emperor will never will never rise in power and um, we are as a galaxy are already deemed. De <laughs> More importantly, Warhammer is still a thing at that time, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I mean oh, my favorite unit. I've got to, I'm torn on this because like obviously again I don't collect Gene Steeler, Gene Steeler cults, but looking at the one of the one of the few I don't seem to collect. Um, but um, looking at the sculpts, there are like quite a few. The, the next is a really good one. It's a good example of just a cool model doing something interesting. I also for that same reason I really like the Clamavus. Who the Clamorous, if you don't know who he is, he's again he's another you know another cultist and he's sort of got this like mobile DJ booth with him and a staff <laughs> which has just got a big speaker, um, and I, it just looks like he's just walking around like blasting out dubstep or something across the battlefield because he's got this like little deck with him that he kind of fiddles with. Um, he's also weirdly you know how they sculpt characters standing on things, so most of the time Space Marines are standing on a rock or a skull <laughs> or like a corpse of a chaos you know space marine or vice versa if it's like a baden you know standing on the corpse of a primaris lieutenant this guy's just stood on a book <laughs> he's gone he's gone i don't need to read anything we can do it all using my absolutely solid beats which i'm about to drop um so he's just he's just stood on the book the other ones i really like um which are a bit more diffuse but i just think they're funny are all the familiars so the GC the cults get access to these like little tiny <laughs> models who are these like little mini mini sort of proxy gene stealers um, who law wise are basically formed out of the raw psychic energy of of the cult effectively like the the the, the patriarch somehow transforms this psychic energy into like a little dude and there's a bunch of these there's there's the alchemical familiar or alchemicus familiar he follows around the biophagus he, he's he's this because he's this like little dude with some goggles on which I love. They made tiny goggles for him, and they've given him like a. a, a in the, the model has like a little beaker that he's carrying around, like a little sort of scientific beaker with all the um, biophaguses sort of bruise in. Um, and there's a couple of others. There's the mindworm and the soul site. But yeah, I just like this idea of these little sort of. <laughs> mini gene stealer like it's like a mini me right it's like it's it's <laughs> probably because i grew up you know watching austin powers and it's it's um, dr evil and mini me and i just have this image of because it says you know they attack if 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 they're sort of whoever they're linked to is threatened they attack them and i just have this image of a space marine coming around the corner to go after like the biophagus and they're just hearing Ooh! and then there's this like little <laughs> familiar thing just jumping on his face my cat literally just <laughs> ran out of the room <laughs> <laughs> 
apologies to, to your audio there. If you had to do that. Uh, well, I think I'll comment on Mike because you mentioned this model earlier. It's the Kellermorph, the the Gene Stealer Cult Cowboy. Three arms, three pistols. I don't, yeah. I don't really know a lot about his rules. I, I know he can target characters. So I'm going to come to the Sandman to explain. But he is so cool. Yeah, he's definitely up there with one of. The... Yeah, I mean, I think. Yes, yeah, some some of the models of the Gene Stealer Cults, I think, are genuinely ridiculously underrated as some of the best models GW have made. Like actually that, yeah, the the little familiar with the uh, chemical is 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 actually a brilliant. And the Kalamorph is definitely up there. Incredibly popular model. Uh he cool he pose. is a legend in the Gene Stealer Cult society. He is this you know, that, because the Gene Stealer Cults obviously see themselves as the good guys and he to them is like this outlaw who is like he's their Robin Hood. He's constantly working, but you know, he's this mysterious figure who's constantly working to further the aims of the cult. He's really, really cool. On the on the tabletop he uh, he has three guns, as, as uh, Rich says. Uh, they each have two shots. Um, they're only pistols, only like 12-inch range. But he actually has a really pow- powerful rule, which is for every hit he gets, he gets to take another shot, which is super cool. And uh, and so, yeah, he can actually get 12 hits. Um, he can target characters. Uh, minus one damage two. You can take. You can replace one of the guns with a relic, which is just slightly better. That, uh, he, if he kills anything, he gives reroll ones. He's he's a really cool little unit um, for 80 points. Uh, he's he's really nifty, and I think you know you see him in most pure Gene Stealer Cult lists because uh, yeah he's really nice, and you know he can with Gene Stealer Cults you have a couple of strats that are really kind of key for him at times. So Gene Stealer Cults have a, a strat to drop three inches away, uh, and not only is that really really good because you can get close to objectives, but for him it means if your opponent thinks they've screened and they they've got their character just outside of the 12 inches or, or sorry well two yeah 12 inches away from whatever would be nine inches away you can actually go closer yeah and try and pop some shots uh, and then you can you can even shoot twice with them for another three cp so he, he he can pump out a lot of damage if you put the effort if the work into him who would win in a fight between a kelomorph and cypher and the hex mark no i keep the hex mark out because the hex mark would just obliterate both of them i suspect is that the necron one yeah the Hexmark, I think, would lose to Cypher, but Hexmark would obliterate the Kalamoth because his guns are all, like, perfect. They're all a perfect profile. Um, so, uh, I, have to, I have to choose between my favourite children now, Josh. This is, this is quite difficult. <laughs> um, I, 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 think, I, I think I'll have to give it to Cypher. He, he's the original gunslinging badass. The problem with Cypher is, obviously, he doesn't have, like, a proper faction at the moment. Uh, so, it's like, yeah, the, the Kalamoth definitely uh, sees, sees more play. I'm just picturing in my head, is there, have you guys seen Equilibrium? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, picturing the, in my head the final fight, but instead of it between being between Christian Bale and someone I can't remember who his adversary is, but I'm picturing in my head that it's uh, uh, it's Cipher and the Kellermorph doing <laughs> gun through at each other. Yeah. Um, and what it's is it? Awesome. What, what's the ridiculous name they give it? Like Gun Carter or something that, that something they give like to that. that? Yeah. Yeah. I. I <laughs> yeah. I. I always think I. I love. I love multi-pistol models. I think they're so they're so cool, and that that there is not enough of them. Like the the Seraphim, not Ser- yeah, Seraphim are a great yeah. example of multi-pistol models. They're all excellent. Um, Kellermorph is an excellent thing. And all all I'm doing is as I'm sat here, as as I'm listening to you guys talk about the models, I've just got the Games Workshop website open in front of me, just looking at the Gene Steelers, reminding myself of the hell I put myself through painting that man joking. Um, <laughs> Looking at them as as a, as as from a in terms of design, part of me always I whenever I whenever I think about Gene Steeler cults, I always think, 
Man, I wish there was a Guevesa range for the Tau. Yeah. You know the imperial citizens who have joined the uh, joined the greater good, the cause of the greater good, and yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Listen, even as we're talking about GC the cops now, I'm sat there kind of going, oh, I wonder what I wonder what that would look like one day. That would look awesome because they wouldn't obviously look genetically mutated, but there is a clear two design philosophies that I think would merge quite nicely when Games Workshop finally eventually maybe possibly gets around to doing a lot of scope yeah. for conversions there. Well, it's it's interesting because for the gene stealer cults, like Ed said in the law, like they've they've gone into Tau, they've gone into orcs. Yeah, orcs doesn't work so well because orcs will kill orcs will kill anything that isn't yeah. orky enough. The other the other interesting one for the Tau is the Kroot. So the Kroot can detect a gene stealer cult because of their their ability to basically they they smell somehow they smell oh, pheromones and this tells smell. them about the mm. yeah yes the yeah, best yeah, the power. <laughs> Yes, uh, just just some background of this, listeners. Uh, just just on a quick tangent, one of our famous tangents. We are all involved in a brilliant uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign, uh, which is ably being dungeon mastered by uh, our very own war hipster Josh here. Uh, and uh, Rez's character is is a Leonin, a sort of lion man who has a, a sort of super smell ability, uh, <laughs> and not as in he smells, as in he can smell things. So our, our parties are constantly beset by uh, you know Josh is going around. Okay, what are you doing? And uh, Rez will be oh yeah I'm, I'm just gonna see if i can sniff anything um, so maybe maybe he's actually a croot secretly and he's smelling for the gene stealer cults smelling the pheromones uh, and then exterminating them with his croot slash leonin power it saddens me that the dungeon master's guide does not give me the option to make him do a sniff check <laughs> it's always investigation or perception that we have to go with we, we can we could we could work that in check. just do a sniff check what on your charisma <laughs> I, 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 I wisdom, know. wisdom, <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, that's probably a better thing. There is a cool bit of lore, I think, on the Tau one. I think it's in the Codex, the Jesus the Codex, where I think what happened was the Earthcast wanted to find out how the gene stealer cults worked so they captured a gene stealer and put it in a, like a huge dome or something and then they put some some uh poor tau citizens into the dome and watched the cult grow um unsurprisingly uh accidents happened and the uh cult got out and then the whole planet had to be destroyed but uh yeah don't <laughs> yeah, so if, if that's a that's a good piece of advice i think for our listeners um, that sounds like a plot to a movie yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The the thing is, the gene the gene stealers, not specifically gene stealer cults, but just gene stealers and tyrannids in general, right? Are in in forty k are just Jurassic Park. Stop experimenting on them. Stop trying to put them in tubes because it always it always like oh no it's safe this time and then they break out and then you've got an infestation and then the Death Watch have to turn up led by Josh with his flamethrower and go and just murder everybody because of you your cock up with the security. It's like the, the latest movies, they made the, the new Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is a raptor as well, and it was just stronger than everything, and it killed everyone. Was it yeah, called, so it was called not the good Indomitus idea. Rex, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Indomitus, Indomitus Rex. Rex. I think so, yeah. yeah. It, came with, it came with a shield with the skeleton of a smaller <laughs> dinosaur on it. Um, Horrifying. Ba-dum-dum. Pri- a prim- a Primaris T-Rex. Top banter. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, returning to the world of the genes. Yes, I think, I think the conversation we have might... Um, that's almost like we planned it. We'll go into the next question I have, which is um, we planned it. Build it, building, yeah, building an army, and and, and they're kind of their Worthy play style. Worthy of Mordor. Guy, behave. For two minutes. <laughs> um, I've lost what I was saying. A thing about. 
that yeah, A station but, looks good. Yeah, the A station does look good. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what? We've been we playing a lot of Warzone. Th- we've completely thrown in. This is really harsh, guys. This is Rich, this is your first Save time me! hosting, isn't it? You know, I was, you know what? Later, when you're all dead, no A stations are going to get bought. Um, <laughs> or what, like, like <laughs> last night? Uh, yeah, so we play a lot of Warzone. I'm going to put some context into this. And uh, <laughs> lately, we have been uh, having a lot of people press up on the D-pad to, to get revived. Because uh, we die a lot, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Yeah, we're um, not very good. <laughs> oh, I'm not. No, we finished second like four or five times last night. Anyway, that's another tangent. That's just, we, we were meant to not stop tangenting. Now we're tangenting again. I want to talk about their play style and where to start building an army. So I'm going to first come to the war hipster who spoke about earlier, his painting of them. How would you go about painting such a large, multi-model, horde-like army? I would start a small fire. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks! <laughs> And I would throw them all in the bin. No, I, 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 I think Ed. We were talking about this the other night, weren't we? About um, how to build like a Tyranids force or a Gene Stealer cults force. Mm. Now, I, I think for me, the way to run Gene Stealer cults is to run it as a horde, as disappointing as that might be to some people out there, because. I think annoyingly for Gene Stealer cults as well, the Acolyte Hybrids box. It's a box of five miniatures. Yeah. So in order to run it as a horde, it's going to get real expensive. Um, but those five miniatures, Ed, you'll be able to tell me this. Isn't it like five Acolyte Hybrids is like 15 points and a nod? Um, eight without any war gear. For me, like the best way to build them is to build uh, is to build as many, as many, many troops troop choices uh, troops into it and just flood the board with gene stealers uh gene stealer cultists uh to go about painting something like that is there is not a hard and fast way of doing it i think the the it depends entirely on which scheme you go for um it's a really tricky one i think because i did cult of the four-armed emperor i want to say um, so I primed it all in Mechanical Standard Grey and basically took it in, in chunks of um, five models, models at a time. Um, simplifying your colour palette when doing a uh, uh, a horde army is absolutely the most the, the 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 most important thing you can do to get it done quickly. However, one of the problems you have with Gene Stealer Colts models is there is an insane amount of detail on each one of those models, um, and it's all sculpted on. Uh, so it's not like, for example, a primary Space Marine, where all of the purity seals, pouches, daggers, knives, all the kind of hanging reliquaries and all that kind of stuff, all of that is optional. On the Gene Stealer Cults, all of the grenades, the detonation things, whatever they're called, the little, uh, they look like... Um, Blasting charges? Uh, they, yeah, the, yeah it's all those kind of things. Grenades, satchel charges... Uh, icons, hanging chains, all of that stuff. That is all sculpted detail. So the, one of the hard things about doing them quickly is um, there's unfortunately no shortcuts with Gene Steeler Cults because there is that level of detail on them. If you contrast that with something like, uh, like, a, like a Tyranids army on a Gene Steeler, you've just got the carapace, you've got the claws, and you've got its skin. It's it's three different 
main features. Whereas on again, I, so I've got the Kellermorph open in front of me, which might be a little bit unfair. But I, we, there's you know there's the there's the black leather, there's the black armor guards, there's the grey kind of harness that they wear on their chests and stuff like that. You then got the cloves, which are a different color again to the carapace, which is the same color as the hive that they come from. You've then got the flesh, you've then got all of the metallics as well. So realistically, the best way to do it very quickly is, as I say, is to simplify that color palette and then do it five models at a time and just know that it's going to take you a long time. But it'll be absolutely worth it because if ever you turn up to any event with a Horde army and you put that down, every hobbyist there is going to want to come and shake your hand, COVID permitting. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a bit of a cop-out a cop out answer, I'm afraid. It's it's a little bit like, uh, and sorry to bring it back to to or bring it over to to one of my armies, um, but it's a little bit like sisters, I think, in that respect, right? Because yeah. it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's a physically smaller model, right, compared to like a Primera Space Marine. Obviously, you know, not huge, but it's still smaller with a crap ton of detail on it. I mean, your average battle sister has the cloak. The, you know, if you want to do all the detail on the bolter, which has got a little sort of gold icon on it, you've got the backpack, you've got the edging on the backpack, or the power pack, I should say, the edging on the power pack, you've got the, the whether you want to do effectively the like armoured corset in, in leather, you've then got the metallic detail on that, like, and then they've all got purity seals, and half of them have got what is basically a garter belt on, like a sort of metal garter around their leg, so it's, it, it, it's just loads of detail, and I, I, while I, I cannot possibly say that I have painted um, either to the level or, or to the numbers uh, that you did, Josh, with your, your with the Gene Steeler Cult Commission, like I did, I, I most recently finished like the infantry for my sisters, which was basically another twenty battle sisters plus some uh, some Zephyrim who are you know flying infantry um, and my god it took a long time um, and I'm now you know dealing with tanks because I just and, and the Triumph and Catherine which you know is a small number of models because I just I don't want to be doing more more hordes more sort of horde troops um, so yeah it's it's a it's a difficult process but it takes takes time but if you get it right it looks looks crazy good and I think Ed I mean yeah. your your one is a great example of that yeah, I think like yeah, there's a couple of things I think I did myself to make it more interesting. Um, one of the things is not particularly good answer because not everyone has this option. Because I have uh, three armies, as I said, um, I, I can flip between the three if I feel like painting something else, and that's often something good to do uh, just to kind of mix it up. But you can kind of do that within your own army. One of the lovely things about Gene Steeler Cult is you you kind of get to do multiple color schemes. So like Josh says, you have gene stealers and you have acolytes. And so you kind of get to choose a high fleet scheme or you get, and you get to choose um, your, your gene stealer cult scheme, which is really, really cool. Like Josh says, they are incredibly detailed models. And yeah, if you paint all of the details, you'll get hundred uh, percent respect for days. But at the same time, you, you're probably going to be okay getting things to a tabletop standard first and then move, moving up because yeah what you can always do is start off with just like a, a base coat and a layer coat and then you can go back and add in all the buttons and panels and um, there's some stuff you're going to have to paint like the the grenades and stuff you can't just have them the same color but you can go back and add some things later and that will work well but you can also mix up the schemes between the, the units even so like your acolytes and your neophytes you're probably going to want them to look a bit different you're certainly going to want your neophytes and your brew brothers to really stand apart so make sure that you keep your keep yourself interested as you're painting them. I think would be my advice. Mm. 
if you'd like a cheeky pro tip, um, the 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 best thing I've found is is discovering a dry brush that ties it all together, mm. and that is the easiest way of taking it from a tabletop standard to a higher quality standard, particularly within a horde. So the 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 cheeky pro tip I have for you is if you have a slightly warmer scheme, do a dry brush of Screaming Skull all over the model. If you have a slightly colder scree- colder scheme, do a dry brush of Administratum Grey all over the model because it will act as a spot highlight on every single part of your colour scheme. So to go that even further, if you were to prime, say you're doing a, a set of Gene Steeler cultists and you prime them with uh, Grey Seer, then Administratum Grey is a really good dry brush for every colour that you will put on there because, as I say, it acts as a cold spot highlight for all of it. If you're doing a Wraithbone base, do a Screaming Skull dry brush over the top of it because it is it is it is a warm point highlight to put on everything and it just adds that little it, and i'm not talking like a heavy dry brush to be really light dry brush over the top just to hit all of those kind of top corners that is the quickest way to take it from tabletop to parade that ready. is an awesome tip I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna totally do that yeah. that's fucking fantastic that's a really good i never heard that before. i learned yeah, i, I learned get... that from the terrain painters yeah. too so what they do is they dry brush everything on the terrain with a little bit of um, just a little bit of screaming skull because it acts as a blender yeah. uh, of, of a highlight across all of it. It also just adds a bit of cause screaming skull is kind of quite a yellow, but it's quite pale as well. Um, and the reason I say use screaming skull, not wraith bones, because wraith bone is a little bit colder than screaming skull. Screaming skull's got a teeny bit more warmth to it. Um, uh, it just kind of acts like if you do a screaming skull. Uh, screaming skull dry brush over a building it adds a bit of a dirty spot highlight to all of it so the same if you're doing it on a warm scheme you get a bit of a dirty spot highlight onto a warm scheme administratum grey for a cold scheme I love it that's a great tip awesome that's really good thank you that's my one part of uh, this podcast where I will give a serious answer without giving a dickhead (laughs) answer first That's why we have you on, mate. That's what it's for. The most ninety percent dickhead for the ten percent seriousness. I'm kind of disappointed you'd have a dickhead answer. I should have sabotaged the Blood Angels podcast way more than I fucking did. Like this is. I mean, I was going to say, and Josh, I don't know, I don't know how you how you feel about this as as by far the most sort of accomplished painter I think out of all of us. Unless oh, you've, stop you've, it. You've, you've, you want to have an issue with that? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, but like, so what? One thing to do to do, um, and I know Rich is going to say name drop, so I'll get it out of the way. But one, I remember once we were having a chat with um, uh, say hi Paul from DZTV, name and he made drop. he. he yeah, there you go. And he made he made a very good point, uh, which I, 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 felt I really that liked. One in my bones, because <laughs> <laughs> he because he paints. I mean, he's he's got like a ludicrous amount of Warhammer. I mean, the the guy just has t- tons of it. And uh, I thought he made a very good point, which is he said because we were just talking about painting and a similar thing about how do you how do you avoid painting fatigue, right? And an army like Gene Steeler Colts and Sisters are, are good examples of where that can happen very quickly. And he sort of said, "Well, look, I paint everything to be seen from about a meter and a half to two meters away." Like he said, you know, most of the time I'm going to be playing with, you know, I I know I'm not putting them like on display or entering them into like Golden Demon or or a painting competition. So I'm painting the majority, you know, you have a few show pieces, but I'm painting the majority of my army, the majority of the, you know, certainly big troop units to be seen from about two metres away or one and a half metres, i.e. when you're standing over a table that's about the distance you'll see them from. And if they mm. look good from there, you know, if you go in real close and like your dry brush is a little bit over on bits that it shouldn't be, it doesn't really matter that much. And obviously, if it matters to you personally, 
go ahead, put all the tiny details on the same. I did that with the sisters and it nearly killed me. Um, but um, but yeah, the, the, the you can do that. It is, an, it is fine to do that. And I think one of the things, that, you know, certainly I suffer from, um, and I think this is this is the sort of the Warhammer example of, you know, uh, how do I describe this? Like, you know, when you go on Instagram, and it's a it's just a sanitized version of everyone's life, right? Everyone looks better on Instagram, and everything looks more glamorous on Instagram <laughs> than it really is, yeah. right? In real life, let's be honest, right? We're all guilty of it. Speak for yourself. I represent the <laughs> and that there is everything on Instagram for me is exactly the way I live my life. No mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair enough. Me, it's fair they enough. call me one take war hipster for a reason. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Warhipster's personal account, it's actually just pictures of him wandering around doing a big shop at Asda. Um, so and I, yeah, and they... I nail it every single time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I didn't say you looked bad doing it. Let's be fair. Uh, but no, but you know what I mean, right? It's 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 there's always that thing about you know Instagram is not real life, right? And I think in the hobby, there's a really good example of of that where we you, you know you go on Instagram and you see you're seeing like people's real best there you and you're seeing a lot of people who are professional painters who do it like constantly and and you know are, are top of their game and it's to take nothing away from them but it's like you shouldn't ever look at your own models and go oh god it's not as good as what darren latham's done therefore it's crap you know yeah, thanks for it, saying it's, that, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah do you know what i mean i just think it's like be realistic and especially if you're painting an army that is a horde army like to, you know to keep it gene silicots when you're painting an army like that it, it's okay for it to not be like you know golden demon standard it's fine no one is going to have a go at you about that and if they do tell them where to go right like that's fine i actually think that the the thing about painting a horde army the best thing you can do is be inconsistent because there's <laughs> yeah. no such there's no such thing <laughs> other than other than perhaps the imperial guard perhaps the imperial guard but there is no such thing as a well-dressed, clean, organized horde. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it kind of who, defeats who, the purpose who, of a horde. Who has ever right? gone, oh my god, there's an absolute <laughs> horde of parade-ready Blood Angel Space Marines. Yeah. It's, ne it's never like that. Like, like orcs, it is a rabble, it is a horde, it is a mob. It is, and, and if you ever it look at a look real different. mob... Yeah, and so inconsistency is key, I think. Yeah. If all the orcs look the same, it'd be bad. Yeah, I have it all the time. Where, like I say, what you say, Adam, I, I paint my things, and I think, God, that looks absolutely crap because I am, you know, let's let's be honest, the worst painter of this group. Um, but like I, but then I'll be honest, I say that, but I have never put my every every time I put stuff on the table, I always think, fuck, that looks all right. Every every single time, yeah, and yeah, it, it yeah, never yeah. doesn't happen. I remember say Hyperwatch did the exact same thing. Um, because like yeah you, you yeah like Adam, name drop yeah, like Adam says you do constantly <laughs> compare yourself to like the Instagram people and yeah I think you have to remember as well everyone that is posting on Instagram or Reddit or whatever thinks oh my shit looks good like so you know all, all of us normal people as I'm gonna say um, we, we we don't post as much which is probably why I I have, I have the least posts out of all, all of us I reckon I don't I don't post it thinking it looks good I post it about what anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to issue a challenge here to our to our listeners, um, which is for 2021. If any of you are thinking of doing a new army and you're doing the new year, new army to pick up on something Josh was saying, I would like to challenge you to do an army of well-dressed orcs. So what I want to see is I want to see not just merely a horde that is, as to Josh's point, you know, all the same because that's boring. What I want to see is 
beautiful. I want to see them converted. I want top hats. I want three piece suits. I want to see well dressed. Yeah, well dressed, very classy, a, a, a classy, well dressed horde. Um, that is parade ready. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be civilian clothes. It could be military, military uniforms. Um, so that we can have, we can have something that answers Josh's question, which is, can you ever have a well-dressed <laughs> parade ready horde? And I hope we can. And I really hope they're orcs because I just think that'd look cool. You might even call it formal war. Top band. Do you get it? Do you get it? Because it's the, it's the, it's, it's formal wear, and then it's war. Which is what it was so funny. I dropped say. my book, and then and then you combine <laughs> the two to make what is called wordplay. Do you get it? I always, it? I, do you I, get always it, I always, I, I always find when you explain the joke, it's really, really nails it home. <laughs> but so, so I guess. Do we, I need to explain it again? Because I don't think the laughter was raucous enough there. On oh my... god! Oh, oh, oh do, god! Do it slower. It <laughs> um, so no, what I, what I was going to say was is having having done I guess the 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 painting side. I don't know. Um, I mean, fundamentally, sorry. Rich, you're in charge here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was, was going to say about talking about building an <laughs> army, as in how do we build an army? I wanted to know. Uh, yeah, so uh, maybe a good point to start talking about what they play scale was like, and then how you'd go about building a a, a two thousand point force to hurt your friends. <laughs> this is why I'm, I, I'm here, and I'm, I'm going to slip in a few of my gripes. Um, as, as All right, thank you for that. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I suspect what Ed wants to say here is that he would also start a fire. Um, <laughs> And then and then burn it all in his garden I would, I would and post about it on YouTube. So in terms of the playstyle, the first thing I want to say is that, um, in complete counter to my friends, acquaintances, let's go with that, acquaintances on on the podcast, we ev- just got downgraded, guys. <laughs> Damn, from friends to acquaintances. So everybody should collect jeans to the Colts for one reason and one scenario is that there's a lot of layers to them. As Adam says, they are they are a Shrek army, and what that means is when they are not so good they're still actually quite good um because there's there's a huge amount of ways you can play them due to the number of tricks that they have and the the but the problem that they have at the moment is that they can't do what pretty much everybody does um, in ninth edition and you guys actually touched upon this all three of you in the podcast and the instagram lives you did yesterday so what you guys did in instagram lives and uh, i remember josh asked you you know what what would you build or put into a competitive list a lot of you mentioned the same thing which was i would put in a unit that can hold the mid board and this is something that's incredibly important for ninth edition and that's un- undeniably true it's certainly the crutch of ninth edition is to put in uh, a couple of units ideally with obsec that are going to be incredibly tough to kill and they're going to hold the midboard. The problem is, Gene Slickholtz have no units to do that with. They have absolutely zero. They are a horde army, but horde is not as good in a lot of ways as it was before. And the main way being that because a lot of the meta is things like marines and sisters, these armies have the firepower to wipe your 50 acolyte hybrids. They, they won't bat an eyelid. So they have no unit that's really tough to kill and bring down. Um, every unit has like a, it's pretty much just got a five up save. The vehicles only have four up saves. They're, they have absolutely no way to just sit on and hold objectives, even your backfield objectives. If your opponent has got mortars, your backfield objectives are under threat. It's not like, you know, you put a unit of tactical marines and you're pretty confident they're going to survive to the end of the game. There's a good chance you would lose those units and it makes them really difficult to play around. So when you play Genius to the Colts, 
what you try and do is you try and either swamp the objectives uh, with enough models to try and mitigate that problem or you can take lots and lots of small units to try and really annoy your opponent because what you can do then is uh, if you've got lots and lots of small units at that point your opponent has to split fire in order to kill everything and as lots of people take big units in ninth edition what that means is uh, it becomes quite hard to predict how your firepower is going to go and you will waste firepower in killing three units of five as you would do to killing one unit of 15. So that, that that's one of the ways you do it and certainly acolyte hybrids are, are the way to go there. So I'm going to yeah let, let's start off with the, the troops just quickly. So there are three troops options for gene stealer cults. So we have acolyte hybrids which are the first generation of gene stealer cults. We have neophyte hybrids um, which are like a, the third and fourth and we have brood brothers which are either just you know hypnotized um, local populace or they're the old fourth generation. And so acolyte hybrids are half gene stealer. What that means is in the gameplay is they actually have gene stealer claws. So they have gene stealer claws and they have a cultist knife. They exactly like gene stealers. So on sixes to wound, they get extra AP and then they've got lots and lots of attacks, which is really, really good. And they also have uh, access to lots of really cool weapons. So they have three weapons that, that you can choose from. A drill, which does mortal wounds. You have uh, a rock saw, which is like a super good power fist. It's times two, it's minus four, and it's damage two with no minus to hit, which is basically what you're going to take most of the time if you can. You're going to spam them. And if you can't, you're probably going to take... Um, you can take rock cutters and rock cutters are one of my favorite units in the game <laughs> and the reason they're one of my favorite units is because they have one of my favorite rules so they are time they're minus one to hit like a power weapon they're times two sorry the times two minus four damage d3 but if a model takes any damage from this weapon you roll a dice if you roll over the number of wounds they have remaining you kill the model which is just an absolutely brilliant rule it's it's just so funny so that will kill gilliman that will kill a Catan. it will kill absolutely anything is it that the model is just removed? It just kills the model. The model is slain. That's really cool. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I mean is it counts as slain. Yeah. So it's not like it, it receives X wounds or it can be saved. Is that the other? Uh, like, it's just slain, yeah. It's just removed as slain. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so generally speaking, you're going to take you know lots of rock saws or rock saws and rock cutters because you only get one rock saw in the box. And like Josh says, it's quite an expensive army to collect if you focus on acolytes, which can be a problem. The other two units... That our troops. Uh, yeah, this this is where I have some bit of a bit of gripes. So, the uh, you have you have two, and they are basically the same. So you have Brood Brothers, and you have Neophyte Acolytes. They are both basically identical to Guardsmen with extra leadership. So um, the Neophytes are one point more expensive, and the reason for that is because they get access to uh, your cult creeds. Brood Brothers do not. A bit of a sign, though, actually, because a lot of the cult creeds are not that effective in the game is the problem. We also, for some weird reason, our gene stealers aren't affected by our cult traits, which includes the patriarch, the founder of the cult, cult and our vehicles aren't affected by cult traits, which is a weird one because 8th edition, if, everybody, if people remember, started off with space marines and chaos space marines who had... Uh, their, their chapters tactics and legion tactics only affected their like marines and bikers and dreadnoughts and they didn't affect their vehicles and then GW went oh that's a bit harsh we'll remove that and they they, they gave it back to everybody and then when they got their jeans through the cults and they were like except you guys fuck you <laughs> you guys don't get anything so you know we, we don't get many meaningful traits which is a shame we don't get a lot of variants there 
I thought I thought the whole point of like rusted claw as well, uh, which is obviously one of the cults, was like that they have some special. Sorry, again, this is my ignorance of it. I thought they had some special thing with vehicles. Like that was sort of the whole point of them that they're like more mechanically aligned, right? They they rise on forge worlds and stuff. Uh, yeah, bladed cog, bladed cog of the the forge. Oh, yeah, sorry, bladed cog. Yeah. yeah, so it, it you know is a bit annoying. There are a, a couple of yeah, generally speaking, in terms of the cult creeds. Yeah, what you're going to want to do is take Cult of the Form of the Emperor. He's very, very good. Uh, that gives you plus one to charge, which basically needs to be army-wide. I know that sounds like a, a thing that like all, loads of people with deep-striking armies are going to say. But the problem is, when I say Genesis of the Cults are a deep-striking army, they don't really have any other viable way of delivering that they have to deep strike the book is built around you deep striking these these units so being able to deep strike reliably is so important generally speaking i, I like twisted helix twisted helix is plus one strength um, one of the big problems with gene silicotes is that you don't have an you're not actually killy enough despite what seems like a lot of attacks and so being strength five over strength four mitigates that to a huge degree because if you're strength four as soon as you go against things toughness five and there's a lot of things that are toughness five custodies gravis blade guards um sorry um uh, plague marines you know all, all, you know these kind of things are really common nowadays if you if you aren't twisted helix you're going to really struggle to kill them and plus two to your advance is also super helpful because genius cults have multiple ways of advancing and charging which is awesome so the other thing i would like changed about the genius codex is to actually differentiate the neophytes and brew brothers as i say because they're just very very similar and it's quite boring i would like a bit of flavor to, to them there i would like neophytes to be a bit different just in some way to give me a reason to take them um, more so they do have access to some cool weapons but unless you're bladed cog they're just so inaccurate you're just not gonna they're just not gonna do anything uh, me meaningful in the game so you're gonna stick with yeah you're gonna you're gonna stick with the acolytes if you could if you could write the crusade rules for gene stealer cults the crusade rules what would you what would you think it would look like yeah because we've just seen this all this stuff with the floor and the lost for blood angels yeah right so, wish list item for you, Ed. How would you like to see them run in Crusades? Yeah, okay. So there's, there's definitely a bunch of stuff you could do. So, uh, one unit that you don't see very much is the, uh, the hybrid metamorphs. And the hybrid metamorphs are acolyte hybrids that turn into hybrid metamorphs as uh, the hive mind approaches and it's sort of, they start to mutate. And that is definitely something that could happen. So, just like you get people fall into the Black Rage, you could have um, acolyte hybrids turn into neophyte hybrids. Um, I don't know exactly how that would work in Crusade because, as, as I say, that would be indicative of the high fleet approaching the planet um i definitely think you'd want way more uh you know rules around uh, sabotaging your opponent i think that's something that you're really going to want to do so um if you've uh played like something that could be really cool is if you've played against a an opponent before the second time you play them you could have some sort of bonus against them because the first time you played against them you actually managed to you know sabotage their ammo supply or sabotage the actual people behind the, the army uh, whatever it's going to be yeah th th there's really really cool stuff i think stuff around the, the generation cycle would be really really fun so the idea that you know maybe you have it like if there, there could be some sort of benefit to starting off with just acolytes who are the you know first generation and then eventually you go down the generations and you can add more and more um, of the generations to your army as, as you go through the crusade i think that would be really really, really cool that there's no actually the, the, there's no restriction to say that the crusade you're going on in fact they probably would do take decades and decades of time and that would actually absolutely make sense to encourage you as a regime stealer player to kind of go through the cycle and then you ultimately end with creating pure strain gene stealers and yeah, that, that could be really, really fun. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff I, I think um, 
yeah, you, you, you could do you could do with them. Because I think that the weirdly the Raven Guard Codex supplement gives me a lot of hope for what could happen for the gate uh, for the Gene Stealer Cults Codex too. Because the Raven Guard supplement, if you play it as the Raven Guard, I think we're intended with that book rather than you know appearing assault in uh, centurions. Uh, three inches away from your opponent the the raven guard supplement is very much based on um making your opponent fight where you want them there's a lot of stratagems and stuff that are about directing the the flow and the placement of the battle mm. and one of my favorite stratagems in gene stealer cults is the plan generations in the making just for its title i know what it does is absolute nonsense but <laughs> the the ti- the title for it is perfect and the whole idea of the Gene Stealer Cult's uprising is that it happens when the Gene Stealer... Most of the time, it happens when the Gene Stealer Cult wants it to happen. Sometimes it happens prematurely, like on Vigilus. It happens because of the Cicatrix Dictum, and they go, ah! and, and and just decide to uprise at that point, which is why it's not... It's effective, but it's not as effective as it could have been. Um, so, in my mind, I think the Raven Guard Codex is encouraging because I think you'll see a lot of you can't deploy here because of, uh, or, you know, sabotaged buildings or, um, you know, things like munitions not working. Like you can basically shut someone's bullets down for a week because the gene Stukots have sabotaged it. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I'd love to see in the book. Is, is there a strat? Um, sorry, just like off topic, because you mentioned about traps and stuff. Is there a strategy which allows you to blow up vehicles you destroy or something? Not vehicles you destroy. Your vehicles that have demolition charges in them can also blow up for one CP, which is a super powerful strat, um, actually, in 9th edition. Yeah, yeah. The strats, yeah, are not amazing for Gene Stealer Cult and quite expensive. So, yeah, I definitely have some, some thoughts there. But, yeah, to cover kind of the, the play style. So, in terms of the key characters that you're going to see. Gene Scouts actually have a lot of characters in the game across the HQs and elite slots. You'll, they'll often be very character heavy. It's actually one of the things that's quite nice about collecting them because that's actually quite uh, quick to paint them because you'll get a lot of points quite quickly by collecting not so many models. Um, but the first and most important one is obviously the Patriarch. There are actually two units in the Cult Codex that are really, really good. That's the Patriarch and the Achilles Ridge Runner, who we'll talk about later. The Patriarch is is pretty cheap, as Broodlords are, actually, just quite generally. The Patriarch is very, very similar to a Broodlord, if, you, if you're familiar with that unit. I think he's got an extra strength, something like that, and that's about it. He also uh, adds plus one to hit rolls for Gene Stealers. Um, he also uh, kind of has a synapse. You see units around him are immune to morale. Um, here, he can take familiars, as uh, Adam says... Um, but he's also an absolute weapon in combat. He's yeah, he's super good for his points. Um, so that is the, yeah, he's one of them going to be the main hammers of the list if you're playing against one. He also has access to psychic powers, and the, the cult psychic powers are actually low key amazing. So they have access to maybe even the best power in the game, which is Mass Hypnosis. Mass Hypnosis is so good. It is basically three powers in one. I say it's three powers in one because if you look at this, even in the Space Marine supplements. All three parts of this power are individual powers across the various chapters. So you get a minus one to hit, you get a fight last, and you get no overwatch if it goes off, which is a super good power, incredibly flexible. So that's really, really good. You get plus one to attacks and strength, which is yeah, incredibly powerful. So yeah, the, one of the good things about Juicy Cult is certainly the psychic powers, I think, which is really, really amazing. Um, the Magus is also just kind of like a general psyker. 
you've got the Acolyte Icon Awards. And as Josh says, you're often going to see huge blobs of Acolytes now. And they're often going to have flamers because one of the big changes Gene Silicott's got in ninth edition, as everyone did, was 12-inch flamers. Neat. And if you're going to do that, you're probably going to want the Acolyte Icon Award for big hordes because it gives you a six-up feel-no-pain, um, which is really, really helpful. It does help your morale as well if you haven't got the Patriarch nearby and actually helps your um, um, aberrants survive a bit longer too. The Abominant is absolute crap. I don't even know what GW were thinking when they made the abominant rules. It's awful. Uh, it has three attacks. It's this big halting beast. Um, it's D6 damage, but it will do nothing all game um, and then die. It's a ter terrible unit and it needs to completely change. The Jackal Alphas. Jackal Alphas is something you need to be well familiar with if you're playing Genius Decock. She's basically an auto take. Um, the main thing she does is she picks a unit and everything within six inches of her that shoots that unit gets plus one to hit. And this is going to stack really well with the Achilles Ridge Runners, which, as I said, are one of the best units in the Codex. She's also a sniper. And uh, again, like someone to be familiar with, Gene Slickers have three units in the game, three units in their Codex that can snipe characters. So we covered the Kellermorph earlier. Um, we've got the Jackal Alphys, who just fires one shot. And the other one, which you'll probably be familiar with, is the Sanctus. The Sanctus is the one that blows up Psychers, if you've ever seen this um, in battle reports or whatever. If you take any wounds from the Sanctus, in this, from, from the gun, you count as perilsing from the warp. When I played uh, our friend AJ, who we've had on the channel, um, he actually actually one-shotted Araman and then Araman blew up because if you die from perils of the warp you basically count as exploding it was absolutely fantastic however it all it's obviously it's only good against psychers and it doesn't come up that much but when that happens it's absolutely incredible other characters that we have are really really powerful we've got the clamavis that adam covered earlier he adds one to your charge which is super super good um, he also helps your leadership and he can do like a mortal wound to units nearby which is helpful the locust he's like a bodyguard guy he doesn't really help too much he's not so amazing and yeah the nexus who josh covered and what the nexus does uh, which leads me on to the other thing you need to be really really familiar with with uh, gene stealer cults is gene stealer cults own the deployment phase and the nexus really helps here so the way gene stealer cults work is that you can choose not to deploy your units as you would normally in the deployment phase what you do is you deploy blips and then uh, as, as you would deploy, and you, instead of deploying a unit, you deploy a blip. And then if you go first, you then reveal where the things are on the board and then, you, and then you can move. If your opponent goes first, your opponent actually moves first and then you deploy and your opponent can't deploy within nine inches of a blip. What this means is that your opponent is not going to get any first turn charges. Awesome, that's, that's, that's a huge ability. And it means that you're probably going to be able to stop deep striking. I'm sorry, sorry stop, stop deep striking, stop getting alpha struck, which is amazingly powerful. We know, like, you know competitively, a lot of tournaments don't have as much terrain as you might want. And so being able to shift your entire army behind terrain, which you can also use because you, you can choose which side of the blip you can be on, but a unit like the Nexus allows you to move a blip. You also have stratagems to um, move three blips and you can actually pick up three blips three units that would be deployed and put them back into deep strike so if you go second you can completely change your tactic and that's why as i think we mentioned in the very first podcast um you generally speaking you want to go second when you play genius to but it, you know depending on board control or whatever you're going to go for that that might change which is awesome and also uh, every unit isn't a vehicle in the uh, genius to codex can deep strike which is something else you should yeah you should really really know because that's awesome
So other key units. So I mentioned the Achilles Ridge Runners a couple of times. So these are really real. These are staples in most Gene Stealer Cult lists now. They are one of the only units that's super points efficient. They are, I believe, 70 points. And for that, you get two heavy, two heavy stubbers, which is nice. Uh, and you get a uh, mining laser. And mining lasers are basically las cannons, uh, essentially. They do hit on fours, but with a Jackal Alphys, you can hit on threes. Um, you can get plus one to wounds, double ring on twos. You can get reroll wounds through some ways. You can get reroll ones to hit through some ways. So, yeah, they're, they're a really, really great unit, which is obviously, you know, fantastic. Um, and the other really important unit that you see quite a lot is um, the Atalan Jackals. The Atalan Jackals are the bikers, which are really, really cool. Uh, most commonly seen with demo charges. And demo charges uh, are amazing because uh, Adam mentioned Rusted Claw earlier. Um, Rusted Claw have a stratagem to uh, add one, I believe it's to hit and wound. And what that means, therefore, is you can bring them up. You can, you can only lob five demo charges, but they can do an absolute ton of damage you can drop them within three inches and you can shoot them twice you know uh, as i mentioned with the, that strat from earlier which is just amazing so yeah and then i covered the goliath rock grinder which is basically what i'm going to cover there because quite a small range the other units that you get in there are guard units right they're brood brothers and i just want to talk about this a bit separately it's a confusing army as i'm sure you'll have, will have picked, figured out at this point but this gets a little bit more complicated because you you can take astra militarum detachments in addition to Gene Silicon detachments. And the reason that's confusing is because you can also take Astromilitarum units in Gene Stilicult detachments. So it gets quite complicated quite quickly. And what that means, therefore, is that depending on where where they come in, their rules are going to be very different. So if you take Astromilitarum units in the Gene Stilicult detachment, so they have to be in the codex. So these are kind of your classic guard units. So you have the Chimera, the Lehman Rust, the Sentinels. These units can use Cold Ambush. So they can be deployed with the blips. They also have the Tyranid keyword, which is really, really key um, because things like Death Watch might benefit from there. However, if they're Astromilitarum detachment, what that means is that they actually keep things like the Imperium keyword. You just change out the regiment keyword for Brood Brothers they get access to plus one leadership and they get access to unquestioning loyalty and unquestioning loyalty is the gene stealer cult ability um, that means that your characters can basically use any of their minions as drones which is just awesome and so yeah it gets quite complicated quite quickly so i think yeah i kind of covered most of the, the main units there i think in terms of stratagems i'm um, going on to what josh said the first thing to point out i think is that gene stealer cults got kind of a, a bad showing in Psychic Awakening. They didn't really get anything that meaningful. So I mentioned the cult creeds. We did get Create Your Own Cults, but none of them were at, were very amazing. You're probably not going to take them um, over any of the ones in the Codex. And the stratagems were kind of lacking. So there was, uh, there is plus one to wounds from the Achilles Ridge Runners. There's, you know, a couple, a couple of nice ones that, are, you know, might come up situationally. But yeah, generally speaking, you didn't get the impact. We've spoken about a bunch of you know, um, factions that have done, so, uh, Custodies, Death Guard. These factions got amazing stratagems in Psychic Awakening. Jesus and the Cults just didn't. And in terms of their stratagems in the Codex, yeah, a lot of them are either just very expensive or just yeah, not very helpful at all. So um, to put it in perspective, we have a stratagem that is 3 CP. It either allows you to uh, move an extra D6 inches or uh, it allows you to shoot twice. However, we have no really good shooting units. The only one we have really is the uh, that can that can use this is the Kelamorph or the um, Acolyte hybrids. But you can in that in comparison, even Chaos Space Marines who are not that great, they can shoot twice for two CP and they can do that 
on obliterators. So we pay quite a lot for, for our stratagems uh, compared to, to a lot of other factions. Like Josh says, there is a, there's huge scope for stratagems in the Genius Silico army, um, as there is for secondaries. You kind of want really unique things, complicated tricks that you can that you can pull off um, as Genius Silico. Well, why do you think that it's, the, the, it's so expensive CP-wise? Is there like a, a reason they've been priced up to for meta creep or? So I have a theory about this. So they, they, they were the last they, they were the last codex in eighth edition. Well, outside of sisters, because sisters were a special case. And what happened was they got a load of new rules added to them, and they were very apprehensive about about the genius Code rules. I I think, and the reason I think this is because this actually continued after they came out. Because what happened is as soon as genius Code came out, they did quite well, and the reason that I think they did quite well is because people weren't familiar with them. So the, people, the top players would take them and do really well because people were like, what the hell is this new army? It's completely random. And then they got hit massively with the nerf hammer and they, they were bad ever since. And so, yeah, I think they were just really apprehensive with the rules. Um, they knew they would be quite powerful. Um, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things about Gene Steeler Colts that are incredibly good, especially in ninth edition. So, as I say, the main things are Gene Steeler Colts have a lot of cheap obsec bodies and they can they own the deployment phase. These things alone are incredibly powerful in ninth edition, for, especially for playing the primary and playing the secondary. They'll get deployed scramblers like absolutely nothing and they're going to get engaged in the front so really easily. So, they're going to do really well on points. In theory, the problem is this is all undone by you having no units that can hold objectives. So, like, it's, uh, yeah, the, you know, meaningfully. Awesome. Thank you for that. So I guess my, my next question would be, if, if with your codex, what was the one thing you'd want to see them to add? when it comes out in 2025. Yeah, that, yeah, that is the shame of Genesis Cults. Is, yeah, because we are, you know, hopefully yeah, the orders might change and we might be earlier on. But, um, yeah, because we are one of the, the newest army, we, we are the last codex to come out in, in the last couple of editions. So that means that, yeah, you get your, like, we get our codex for like half an edition. That's the way that works out. In seventh edition, I think it was actually around for like a month. It, it, it's like, it's, it, it's a tough army to collect um, in that respect. Um, I think things are, are yeah, there's, there's a lot of things I would change. So um, aberrants need to change. So I don't, like I say, because Genesis Cults are so good at a couple of th uh, some things that are really important to the game, you don't want to give them Bulgrin or Terminators or something that's going to sit on objectives additionally, because that's going to mean them, that's going to allow them to dominate the game. The problem is that they need something. They do need something in their arsenal to um, hold objectives a bit, and I think aberrants obviously fit the bill. Um, aberrants were kind of spammed a bit in, in eighth edition, so they got massive points increases. They're now like more expensive than terminators, and they don't hit as hard. They die like you know soft fruit. That was the best analogy I could think of. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're not very good, but they, they, they definitely need a buff. Um, there are some units that you just don't see. Uh, a lot of the guard units are, are absolutely just terrible. So, like, like, guard are not in a particularly great spot themselves, so there's kind of an additional thing there where Genius Gods can kind of choose from two books, but both of them are not great, so that, that's a problem. So you know, I won't touch on the guard stuff because I'm sure we'll do that at a separate point. But uh, yeah, I think things like um, uh, the hybrid metamorphs, you just never see because you have no reason to take them. I think if you ever, when, when GW make units that are similar to troops options, then they need to make them significantly better than those troop options because you're always going to go, well, can't I just take the unit with obsec? Because why wouldn't you do that? It's just such, it's just such the go-to pick. Um, and that's why uh, yeah, things are going to have to change. I, I would like differentiation between Neophytes um, and Brood Brothers. Um, that would be amazing. Like Even like our vehicles, like 
vehicles are a great example of things where we just can't hold objectives because that, that they are often a really good tactic for people that you know for armies that struggle but even our vehicles are toughness five six and seven and they have a four up save and so they just they die like the, the Achilles Ridge runners die to las guns you know like you all of your vehicles will die to bolters like it's really tough to play um, in, an, in an army that dies that quickly so at least just some resilience there would be great so if they could give the rock grinder like a three up save or toughness eight this is a heavy piece of mining equipment so like it, it, you know it, it should be really really tough josh mentioned the horde i actually don't have huge horde amounts of acolytes at the moment i have about 40 which in the grand scheme of things is not that much but I would really like it if there was if they can write the book so that individual units of gene silicates could work. The problem one of the problems with gene silicates is we you have to buff all these units and you can't it's not like you know uh, re everything rerolls once. It's like you pick a unit and it gets a buff. Very, very much like you see in like a ninth edition, to be fair. You know, even then, it, it, you're powering up units that are just not going to do that much. I would like it if it played like you spring the trap and all the acolytes across the field were threatening. Because at the moment, you, you, you bring up the acolytes, half of them don't make their charges, one of the units make their charges, can do something good, and one of the units makes the charges is meh. And it's like, it just, it really doesn't play like you've just, you know, it was a planned generations in the making. To plan, they came up with 10 minutes before actually doing yeah. it <laughs> on the back of some, some, a data slate. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, you guys have all played Gene Silicon, right? So like, how have you guys? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. So I was going to ask Josh and Adam what, what, what their kind of thought process and perspective of playing against uh, them as an army and how you approached it. I just burn them like the filthy Xenos they are. Yeah, I think you have to be. You, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the Nailed ultimate it. goal. It was it was, um, it was it was it was akin to like reaping a field. You don't go out with a particular strategy. You just got to do it. And you know, you got to you got to do. You got to get it all reaped. So you know, it's just <laughs> just just apply a rigorous uh, salve of bolter and blade, and um, deals with the problem. I tell you what's funny actually. So I remember when we when we discussed Death Watch. I remember Josh was reading through the Codex, and uh, I think he addressed. Oh, there's actually no stratagem here that affects Genesis Cult. The problem is, is that like a lot of the factions in the game have a stratagem that is not specific against Genesis Cults, but just neuters them. And that is all spec scan are the equivalents of Custodes, Admech. You know these factions have them too, and they are so ridiculously powerful against Genesis the Cult. They're actually getting better. So it's a two CP strat at the end of your movement phase. You pick a unit that's deep struck, and you can do that. When you play Blood Angels, and Blood Angels drop down their Death Company, and you fire some shots into the Death Company. You might kill a couple of death company for two CP, and you're like, well, that, that might be worth it. With genes to the coach, you pick a unit within at the end of your move, at the end of your opponent's movement phase for two CP, and it dies. It's so incredibly hard to play against. The so genes to the coach need a stratagem that stops them getting shot. I think outside of the movement phase, because yeah. it's just it's just too hard to play against. It's just and you know it's not like you can play around that. You're a you're a combat army primarily that is built around deep striking it's like you can't just be, oh yeah i'll just go 13 inches away that it's like it's like saying you just can't shoot therefore it's it's so hard to play against that i, I really yeah i would really like that to be a strat because that that will end games you know if your opponent has a big blob of breaches or uh, aggressors or whatever in the right in the right place it's so fucking hard mm, one of the times i played gene stealer cults was a case of uh two big large 40 man blobs of uh uh, of acolyte hybrids came down 
uh, and one of them they used the perfect ambush to be three inches away. The problem was is that I still had a psyker standing there uh, that then denied. Is it the horror? No. What would you call it? The the mass hypnosis uh, denied that going off. So then that second unit that was originally going to that had, so basically the broodlord had tried to cast mass hypnosis on the unit of six aggressors with flamestorm gauntlets. And um, when it got uh, denied, um, uh, the Overwatch just dealt with it. That was that was the thing. Overwatch, obviously. That, that's, I played them twice in tournaments, and that's how I beat them. Whereas Ultramarines, I have the Overwatch stratagem, which allowed three other units Overwatch. I mean, I just obliterated everything, uh, and then you just outshot them. Yeah. Move, move to the midboard, and just yeah, you just controlled where where they were coming from. Well, so we said they're in a weird spot because they're a, they're not particularly good at like like most armies have a have a have a thing right that they do really well and you know like we said before like world eaters and corn berserkers it's charging getting combat blood angels it's charging getting combat uh tau it's shoot everything you know in front of them right even if in ninth edition they have problems with the gene stealers the gene stealer cult sorry as you say their 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 thing is basically surprising you and popping up and charging into you but then they can't really do that and then they don't have as you say they don't have the firepower to do it or to, to sort of hold the objectives everything's very squishy and they can't guarantee their charges so they're, they're just in a weird awkward spot i think as an army yeah yeah it, it, it is quite tough unfortunately they're a funny one in that what is weird for them is that I would also be like really cautious if I was writing those rules about giving things that are too powerful. As I say, I probably won't want to give them a unit that is as good as you know Terminators at holding objectives because they are so good. Like you look at a lot of people look at James Colts, I think, and go like, why aren't these guys owning Ninth Edition? They really should be, and they do have a lot of the parts in play. It's just a couple of key parts where they're falling down, and that's 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 a huge problem. Um, I think in terms of, of, of building an army, one of the um, to answer the question you asked about half an hour, Rich, go, Rich. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the thank you. One of the uh, one of the things pieces of advice I would give to people actually is the start collecting. Start collecting for Junior Cult is actually really good now. It's um, you get a um, acolyte icon ward, you get a neophyte hybrids, and you get acolyte hybrids, and you get um, an Achilles Ridge Runner. The Achilles Ridge Runner, as I said, is it's one of the best units. Um, uh, uh, in, in the game and uh so you know it's, it's just an amazing unit um, acolyte hybrids are, are always good and neophyte hybrids are really good because you can just have them to hold objectives and then your icon ward is, is great and you can actually convert him and, and you can you can make your own kelomorph make your own nexus so you can actually start you know you can converting your way through those characters at least to begin with is a really great way to get to 2000 points of gene stealer cult w without spending lots um or, you know but uh, yeah and you'll eventually get there so that's yeah definitely some, some advice i would give I love the Goliath Rock Grinders. Um, one of the things about Ninth Edition is that you, you, there are secondaries for for taking monsters of vehicles, right? So there's um, Bring It Down, for example. And um, one of the things about that is that um, it might dissuade you, but once you've taken Achilles Ridge Runners, you're basically allowing your opponents to max that if you're taking like six. So at that point, you can take as many vehicles as you want, which is really, really nice. So at that point, I'd start taking into Goliath Rock Grinders um, and things like that, which is super, super nice. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah probably the quickest way to get to two thousand points would be three um, start collectings and then some. I'd go rock grinders. Um, you can get aberrants. Aberrants are super expensive, so you'll you'll get there in no time. So Sam, something you mentioned earlier is that you can take anything from Imperial Guard. So what would you like, and where would you go with? Yeah, that? it's it's actually very cool. So so 
competitively at the moment, you, you people don't tech into guard that much, I would say, because, uh, as I say, the Achilles Ridge Runner is one of the best units in the Genesis Codex, and the best thing guard could do for you would be anti-tank. But as you already have quite a reliable anti-tank, you kind of don't want to disrupt your you know, bested faction or whatever is you're going for in, in an attempt to do that. Um, but yeah, you can actually take anything. So technically, uh, at least according to like the GW app and uh, the rules is written, you could even take Krieg stuff. So you could take Genius Lickle Riders and stuff like that, which would be really, really fun. Um, I think Bulgrin would be a really, really interesting one to take because I say there's not really any units that can like really survive on objectives and, and Bulgrin do an okay job of that. They, you know, yeah, and you can even take the psychic powers uh, from, the, from the cult, from the uh, guard book you can actually take so you can take anything in there you can't take tank cases which is a big thing but tank commanders always good anyway mm. and you can't take any named characters yeah. obviously so that's uh you know that's the problem but you, you can even take things like the lords of war you, you, you can take the bane blades yeah you can take a bane blade yeah right? yeah 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 you can take one like, i i actually one of my hobby goals i think this year is is to get one my, my idea is to kind of um i want to have two holes in the bane blade and literally just buy like a couple of boxes of gene stealers and just pack the holes with gene stealers to make it look like it's it's cool. literally overflowing with with gene stealers there is a as I say, there is, there is a there is an old uh, an old piece of law that you maybe think of with your idea there, which which is kind of reminiscent of this if you want to think about it. Which I don't know how canon this is anymore, <laughs> but like in one of the early, you know, earlier we were talking about the whole like rogue trader and all that stuff and, and the gene stealers. One of the early uh, like non-human gene stealer cult references that comes up talks about like a bunch of imperial guardsmen who basically ended up fighting like a six-armed orc gargan. And then they took the Gargant down, and when they blew the Gargant open, um, it like loads of gene stealers flooded <laughs> out, like pure strain gene stealers. So it's 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 that's like really similar to what you're what you're talking about. So you could have like yeah, it's kind of it's a nice homage to what they had they they put in. As I say I don't know how canon that is now, but it's like a nice homage to what they what they had in the past. I guess my question, if I may, on that would be, and and apologies if you you, you did mention this, but so you don't get tank cases, right? But you can get, can you get the, you said you can take Krieg gene stealer cults as Brood Brothers. So do you get the guard trait? Yes, yeah, so your doctrine just becomes Brood Brothers, which is plus one leadership. Right, And okay. questioning loyalty, okay. so, which is helpful. So your, your patriarch can grab that horse rider and use him to, for, for mortal wounds like a drone, which is, <laughs> which is quite fun. Hmm. Could you take science? You can take science. Yeah, yeah. So you'd also replace the pest of science. With That'd be it, cool. Which would be, yeah, really, really cool. Imagine you could take Imperial Knights. Yeah, I mean that would be Ooh. a that yeah. That'd be if so we, yeah. cool. I like the, the the conversion opportunities for no, that. Definitely. Six uh, have like a free armed one. A free armed ah, one. Yeah, I mean that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be. <laughs> well, one one thing I actually want to ask you is how because you've mentioned this to me before and I want you to tell everyone is the idea you had for getting the holes in the vein blade. <laughs> yeah, this is the, so my my original plan. <laughs> oh yeah, my original this. plan was to just shoot the vein blade because like I want it to really look like the holes have like blown out the side. Um, and, and I don't know exactly what would be the best way to do it. I see no problems with this plan. But yeah. Listeners, if you've got some good ideas of how to do this, please let us know. You need to find an old-timey American person with a six-shooter, and then when they do that thing that they always do in all the movies where they put the cans on the wall and they shoot the cans off the wall, you just got to quickly, surreptitiously replace one of the cans with a main blade <laughs> and then just run away. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew! Mm. God yeah, damn it, boy! That ain't sure no can. 
but you're gonna have to kind of shoot it from the inside out so the explosion that like the, the it looks like it's coming out the right way because if you did it the classic like all oh, the glasses on the inside it would have looked right so what we're saying is that this is going to come down to ed stuffing a bane blade model full of firecrackers and hoping for the best i'm <laughs> just letting it go <laughs> can i if i could just put my commissar's hat on for a moment <laughs> um... <laughs> Everything that we've just spoken about is absolute lies. <laughs> no true, no true son of the emperor would ever, ever take up, uh, take get into bed with filthy Xenos. So um, yeah, for all Good of it. you, all of you, all of you, all of you good citizens. Um, ignore everything that was just said about Bane Blades, the mighty, holy, consecrated Bane Blade that only ever serves the Imperium. It does not ever turn its guns on its own because that is an <laughs> unthinkable thing. It's unthinkable! Commissar, what's that little symbol on your hat there? That doesn't look very Imperial. <laughs> I'm not wearing a hat now. I've taken my Commissar's hat off. I've now put my cultist's beanie on to, <laughs> to, to, cover, to cover this unfortunate rash I have on my forehead. It's not a carapace. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a very sorry. That is a very good question. So you said you can take anything. You can't take named characters. Can you take a brood brother commissar? Because that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you can do. So mine, mine is actually converted from Severina Rain because you can't Amazing. take her. Such heresy! Yeah, it was a... <laughs> Such heresy! I I find I'm so happy. So, Look at Josh. <laughs> so distasteful. I, I went through multiple heads in making this because so Severina Rain's head is actually would, if it was if it didn't have a hat on would be tiny. And her hat, even as big as a commissar hat is, is absolutely tiny on a brood brother's head. So it's literally like on top, it's like on top of her head because that's the best look I could, I could give it. He's got it at like a jaunty angle. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. It's, it's interesting. So do you, do you think, I guess, final, final question from me on, on the Imperial Guard side of things. Do you think there is a place for... Because um, obviously we all know like scions are are pretty good. I mean, obviously they're 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 very good when they have their regimental doctrines. Um, you know, lambda and lions, I think, is the one you see used quite a lot. Or capic eagles sort of does stuff for your your plasma and your hotshot lads guns. But the weapons they have are just kind of cool, and they themselves are a bit tougher. Do you think there is a place uh, in competitive gene stealer cults going forward in ninth for? what is effectively souping yeah uh, even though they've tried to get rid of a lot of souping so the, yeah the, the most common thing is, is to soup in actual actual tyranids because tyranids as i think we've discussed before in the podcast we, weirdly have some amazing shooting now so hive guards and exocrines um you know zone throats manothropes these are all really good options for psychic support also which is great unlike a lot of souping you actually can't specifically with tyranids you cannot use Tyranid stratagems to affect genes to the cult. It's not like you could across the Chaos Legions, um, so the Chaos Factions, for example, uh, which is a bit of a, yeah, yeah, probably a deliberate change. And again, a lot of the genes to the cult changes have been signs of things to come, um, like we've seen with the sisters. In terms of the Astra Militarum, competitively, your go to are going to be things like your tank commanders, because tank commanders are amazing, even without tank cases. But the problem is, like I say, you've already got quite good anti tank. So that's there. I, I, I do really like the idea of taking the Bulgrin, though. Um, just a couple of squads. I think you know all, all Astra Militarum players now. I'm sure are exactly the same. Where Bulgrin are the way to go. They're perpetually sold out on Games Workshop. Yeah, I think yeah. 
Well, they, they sort that um, hold the board yeah. board roll. Yeah, right? they yeah they give you that Something tough body. Something's reasonably tough, right and you go near yeah, it, it's going to exactly. pop you on the head. What what about? Sorry, I'm just a little bop bop yeah, gently just. <laughs> it's like a it's like bop. like one of those like one of these um, bop it machines where it's like d- smash it, twist it, slap it, bop <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, Pull but, it. Uh, <laughs> that's what that's what the commissar in the back is shouting at, at the fulcrum. Um, no, what Shoot I was going to say is, to your to your point. <laughs> yeah destroy the heretic um no but in in um talking about your your point about anti-tank and they've already got a lot of that so what about what about um and again sorry this is both my limited knowledge of gsc although now much more substantial having listened <laughs> to you um and um and and also astra militarum what about that variant and, and every astra militarum player is going to go this guy's a moron because what i'm about to say that variant of the lemon lemon rust that has the uh, like Gatling gun on it, and then yeah. you get the two sponsored the heavy bolters. Because surely that the okay, the Punisher. Because surely that would give you a tough anti-infantry, somewhat anti-like uh, Marine equivalent platform. And the bolter, the heavy bolters, because presumably you can have two, one on each of the sponsons and one on the front, right, as well as the Punisher cannon. So you can probably have a lot of like you know strength five out. Yes, yeah, so it'd be the Punisher and then three heavy bolters. It's funny you say that, Adam. So <laughs> fun story. I actually <laughs> asked my brother for a Lehman Russ for Christmas, and I wanted to have that option. I didn't realise there were two options for the Lehman Russ, and so. So he, doing the correct thing, bought the one I sent to him, which actually had the wrong type. But yeah, I, no, I do really like that option. Um, oh, I didn't I know that. Really like... yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that either. That's, that's news to me. There, there's two. Yeah, well, I so thought it was like Josh just... knew that. Yeah, Josh, did you know that? I, I did know that, yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> I've, I've been, do- I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so I, yeah, did, yeah, I, did, I, did, I did know that. But unfortunately... Despite my constant asking for all of your Christmas lists, um, <laughs> none of you sent me a Christmas list. Um, I sent you a picture uh, of pants. You sent me a picture of the pants you were wearing, which was disturbing. Ed, you asked, <laughs> Ed, you just said, why? Uh, and Didn't I, I like, send you a cease and desist letter for just no reason? <laughs> you asked me who I was. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, well, fine. Fuck the lot of you. None of you are getting Christmas presents from me. And I and I and I secretly thought to myself, Ed's gonna get the wrong Lehman Russ. Ha, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that was very well played, sir. That was very like Bane Dark Knight, like I was born in the hobby store. I knew of the Lemon Russ before I was even a man. <laughs> Yes, I you was. You sounded like Bane on Helium. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was Bane after being kicked in the groin by Batman. I mean, it's fair enough that you don't ask me, Ed, because every time you ask me about building a list, I pretty much always try and convince you to do something much bigger. So if you'd said I'm thinking of adding a Lehman Russ Punisher, I'd have said, why add a Lehman Russ Punisher when you could have a Stormlord <laughs> instead? Uh, <laughs> Can that you, is cooler. To your, to your, sorry, to, and again, on on the theme of this is going to be me just going, can I have this? And you going, yes, Adam, because it's in the Imperial Guard Codex. But Valkyries as well, presumably you can have as a flying option. Because Gene Silicots have no flyers, right? So you could... Oh my God, imagine a Valkyrie of like thingy wings. Or is that just completely wrong? I mean, that would what? be mental, but that would be very chaotic. Hive tyrant wings. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could do something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you can do them. You can't, for transport options, um, you couldn't put... The Brew Brothers. Uh, sorry, you couldn't put anything that isn't a Brew Brother inside those uh, transports, yeah. though. Um, it's, it's the only thing, which is yeah. which is a big miss, I think. Yeah, I the, agree. The, the, the Stormlord would be awesome if you could put pure strain gene stealers in there, but they just God, they take up imagine? two slots rather That'd than one. Mad. 
The pure strain genes is actually, I actually don't want gene stealers as the unit to be a central part of the army because they are for tyranids. So I don't want that to be exactly the same. However, um, I would like it if taking one unit was better because they, they are very bad as, as gene stealer cults. They are more expensive. Um, obviously, you don't get your Kraken and you don't get your Swarm Lord and you don't get the things that are going to be the reliable delivery system. You just get a nine-inch charge. That's a bit weird. You like... kind of feel like, considering that's like the name of the army, you'd think they'd just be outrageous yeah there, there is a stratagem to buff them ever so slightly which is nice like i said i wouldn't want it to be that you take like like 60 gene stealers but i would like it if a blob of 20 or something yeah, like or you know what i might strength. do i might i might just make them smaller unit sizes make like and make that make it a difference in that and tyranids and make it so that like because they, 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 they wouldn't be huge quantities of pure strains i think in, in in most cults because they you know they'd be sent off to go start other cults or whatever it's going to be i mean it only it only takes one it only takes one yeah that's true <laughs> sounds like a start of an 80s song <laughs> i just i was just gonna say just on josh's point today's episode of the conclave is sponsored by storm lord storm lord because what else are you gonna spend 85 quid on <laughs> Do they have a transport capacity? Yeah, a 40 guardsmen. I didn't know that. I think it's Is that all Bane Blades? No, no, no. It's just the the Stormlord's the troop carrier one. There's another one that I think has a slightly less... I'm testing my Astra Militarum knowledge now. Uh, there's one that has a slightly less um, transport capacity, but the Stormlord does have... It is, I'm pretty certain it is 40 guardsmen you can put in it, which is why it's really cool. That would be so cool to, like, like yeah, put 20... Yeah, that would be so cool. I think you can also put like tanks in there, also that have transport capacities, and put units in those transport capacities. No, that's in and the think... uh, no, not not in the Stormlord. Uh, Stormlord's just Wait, a troop what? character. The, the, I, I know which one you're talking about. Is it the minor? No. Well, yeah, there's something like that, and then it's like you can actually like someone made a list with like a one drop <laughs> list. Yeah. Wait, so wait, you like put that. a vehicle inside another vehicle with people yeah. in the vehicle? Yeah. It's like it's a, like it's like, like, those, it's like, like a Yeah, like a matryoshka doll. You just <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kill yeah. one, the other thing drives out. You kill that, and it will jump out. <laughs> Hello. Of that. It's like, this is not going well for me. Um, <laughs> so, to be fair, I don't. It'd be really cool. I know you were talking about you said about having a bane blade and and you know playing about with firecrackers and kids. Please don't do that if you are listening. Um, but um. It, Stormlord, I think, would be would be really cool for your army, Ed, because it's also. I mean, leave, leaving aside the fact you're going to convert it anyway, and it will have the the, the farm look about it. Although, I, I'll be interested to see what law justification you come up with for the <laughs> for the, the, <laughs> the, the Agri World farm, just being like, well, yeah, I've got me, uh, I've got me vehicles over there, but that thing in the barn, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that Steve's. He lent that to me. Yeah, it's a tank of some sort. We mainly use it for ploughing. Um, but um, but yeah, the uh, I'd, I'd love to see you turn up with a, with a Stormlord because it's a model that you don't see that often, right? Even people who take Bane Blades take Bane Blades. You don't see people take the Stormlord or the Hellhammer or something like that. I, I actually got an idea from you the other day, Adam. Because I, I do have a small collection of Brew Brothers and I, I think I mentioned last podcast, the main thing I want to do this year is build that up. And the things about my Brew Brothers is I... They're called the FDF, the Farm Defence Force, and all of the, all the individual squads are all from different regiments. Can you please, please, please paint a banner? And you know how they have, like, the regimental, you know, the slogan on the banner yeah. and it's normally something something sort of Latin, you know, but I don't know, the RAF is what? Parado per ad astra, right, is the RAF one. Uh, but your one could just be... Quotation mark. Get off my land. Quotation mark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, so I, I've I've got them, and they're all like dressed as they've seen in 
in imperial propaganda like you know they're just like oh those guys look cool so i've got like brew brothers who are catachans and steel legion or whatever because i remember the other day adam you showed me you got this like thing like a random base you got and it had like, oh, yeah. fruit in it and stuff and i was like i, I want to try and find something like that where and I can, and I'm just going to cover my vehicles in like baskets of oranges and tomatoes. You have been yeah. very committed to it. We spent many an evening looking for a hat for some of your. Guys, yeah, we did. We? we did do a lot oh, of work man. looking for hats. I spent so hard looking for that hat, man. Yeah, what I'm looking for. If anybody knows anybody, please reach out. What I would want is uh, because my neophytes will have the farmer caps. They're all winter's SEO, as I say. But like the acolytes don't have anything specifically that makes them more farmy outside of the bases. So I was looking for like some sort of farmer's hat, but like it turns out asking somebody to spend the time designing and making 60 <laughs> miniature straw hats is quite expensive. So if anybody's got any good solutions to that problem, I, I, I would be really game. Could you give them like a, it's like a rolled up rag. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, like you, you see that like, it's like a square rag that people put on their head and they tie up the corners to like keep the, keep the sun. Oh, off their I head. think yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Or am I just, am I just, am I just? It's almost like they've got like a like a tea towel on their head, and it's yeah, like that kind of thing. You, do you mean, do you mean the, do you, do you mean the like the kind of like mad dogs and the Englishmen go out in the midday sun, like the handkerchief with the four yes, corners? That's exactly, sort of yeah, done. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, like Gumby from uh, from from the Mon- from like Monty Python and stuff like that. Is it Monty yes. Python and Gumby? I think I don't know. Exactly that. Yeah, there okay. you go. Alternative headwear. So this is the thing at the Conclave. We specialise <laughs> in. We've, we've done painting advice. We've done army building advice, and now we're on to headwear. Stylish, stylish headwear. Right now, do I've I got have like... to give them the Hitler moustaches? There. <laughs> yeah. Did you Google Gumby, and then that's what you got? Because yeah, because yep. he, he has the little toothbrush moustache, doesn't he? Uh, yes, yeah. he was a parody of uh, a certain type of uh, of person in the nineteen seventies, shall we say? Um, but yes, yeah. Uh, no, I think it would look really cool like that. Speaking of fetching headwear, if you do a Nexus, can you give him a gambler's visor? <laughs> Just replace the yeah. map with a, a tiny roulette wheel. With a tiny little roulette wheel. <laughs> and that's the far, that's Farmland's Casino. Yeah, it got established there because the Imperial Tithe rate was particularly good if you established a casino. Yeah. <laughs> you got a refund. Yeah, and write like four pages of law about the tax rebate that the planet got because it established that casino. Little did they know the casino was established by a gene stealer cult in order to get a tax refund, in order to fund the uprising. There we go. <laughs> yeah, hundred hundred years in the making. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Is there anything else anybody wants to cover? No, I was just going to say. I think I think Ed's given us like a really good overview of, of, no, of the gene stealers and and what they do, and uh, or the gene stealer cults. I keep saying gene stealers, uh, but the gene stealer cults and what it's they confusing. do. And they are, yeah, they are. They are really, as I say, like they they have their problems, and hopefully they'll be fixed by a new codex. But they are fundamentally just quite a cool army, both in law and 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 how they, in theory, work. Perhaps if not in execution. Um, so I don't, I don't think I think anybody listening to this that sort of goes, oh, I really like gene stealer cults, but oh god, they sound a bit ooh, sound a bit difficult to play with. I don't think they should be put off by that, right? I think I think it's still if you like the law, you like the army, then they're they're a good one to get into. And as Ed says, like the conversion opportunities from the models are, are awesome as well, just for the hobby side of it. I think yeah, I think as well that's actually a huge 
incentive to collect them. So that's one of the reasons I said in the last podcast I want to take them as my competitive army. And the reason for that is because there's actually a real incentive to take an army people aren't familiar with. And by this, I don't mean Gotcha Hammer, because, you know, as we've discussed in the last podcast, like, I, I hate Gotcha Hammer. It's something that shouldn't exist in the game. And I would generally, you know, try really hard to make sure my opponents are well aware of any, like, really nasty tricks I can pull. But it does really help if your opponent it, it's just isn't aware with how to play against them. And so that is an, there's a real incentive there to collect an army for competitive purposes that people aren't generally familiar with because yeah you, you know you, you'll get some cheeky wins just because people are more likely to make mistakes and that's you know there's a psychological component to this game of course there is cool thank you now if we don't see ed on the next podcast it's because he's been infiltrated and taken over and killed all of us um i just want to throw it out there um <laughs> no, so it'll be just <laughs> me on here no no <laughs> <laughs> it's just ed on his own like <laughs> uh no thank you everybody for listening um Let's just go around the room and find, well, so you can tell us where we can find you. That's the way we say that word. Uh, so, Josh, who uh, and where can we can find, find you? Me on where Instagram, now? YouTube, Patreon, and Ko-Fi as the War Hipster or just War Hipster. Smooth. Adam? <laughs> Sorry, I just really like that smooth there. Uh, so, you can find me on Instagram at ADR Wargaming. Nice. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> Did it. Naked. Me and Josh are just going to get married at this point. Um, the Sandman. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me at the Sandman hobby. Naked. Um, and <laughs> I just threw myself. Um, no, so I've been Reza. You can uh, find me at Reza Prime on Instagram. Uh, and we've been the Conclave podcast. So please follow us at um, the Conclave 40K on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're actually throwing me by doing that Adam uh, Adam's just going crazy to make sure I get it right for, for a change um, <laughs> and you can follow us on all sorts of podcast listening platforms like Spotify and other ones I believe I believe the, the succinct way of saying that is uh, uh, and you can find us on your preferred podcast provider yes you can tell Josh yep. has done this before and I haven't um, not and the conclave that's it. I Thank think you you've done a fantastic listening. smashing job Rich can I put my clothes back on yeah, well done. You man. didn't take them off, and I've been very <laughs> yeah, disappointed about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. The video has been recorded and will be going on the Conclave Only fans. Short. No, I'm kidding. See my free nipples. What? Um, no, actually, I'm going to say that. I don't have free nipples. Whoever gets weirded out. Uh, thank you, and we'll <laughs> talk to you in another time. <laughs>